If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friend zone. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. The search show. I'm in the zone. Watching Love and Hip Hop. She gave the word from Black. You remember that girl group that this song, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> black with a Q U E on the end. Okay. Was the baby giving you confessional hands? Well, no? she was actually holding on to a banister. She was making that declaration and speaking that prophetic word. You know, the Bible does say, out of the mouths of babes. And so she was speaking that prophetic word from a balcony inside someone's home. It was like a big two-story house, and she was holding on to the banister rails. And the backstory behind that exchange was an older sister who was probably a teenage, you know, uh, in the teenage age range, uh, in the teenage range, I should say. Uh, she was saying that she had just told her five-year-old baby sister that she wasn't going to be able to do her hair. Oh, yikes. And so, and she said, and this is what she said. That's how the video was captioned. And so as you can see, the little girl said, at the end of the day, I'm good. You're going to do you, and I'm going to do me. Five years old, I'm good. Now. Yo, I would die if my little sister said that. Wouldn't you? I think that I would just be so happy I would be beaming with pride because there was so much wisdom in that, 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 that offering that she presented to us. She said, at the end of the day, was let you know that she's done and, and she's finished with the consideration, the pondering, the you know weighing of options. It's the end of the day. And here's the conclusion. Five years old, she's reasoning like this. I love that. I'm good. Okay. The emphasis, the passion behind it. She meant what she was saying. There were exclamation points at the end of what she was saying. And so, out of the mouths of babes, like she said, at the end of the day, you're going to do you, I'm going to do me, I'm good. The hashtag for this week is I'm good because no matter what trials you may be facing, okay, no matter what tribulations may be crossing your path, okay, no matter what breath you may have smelled, oh my, okay, no matter who else's nigga you may have fucked, okay, okay, the hashtag that you must remember is that at the end of the day, they're going to do them, you're going to do you, and the hashtag is I'm good. I'm and good. with that right there, okay, <laughs> that part being said and most importantly understood, I would love 
to be the person to take this opportunity to welcome everyone to the friend zone, which is your, your, you, you, and all of y'all's oh, yeah. weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell would hell. like to have a musty brain? Not me. No, no. And I know not you. Not you, and you, and okay. not you, not you. Hey. You, you, and not you, and not you. Hey. you no, not you. <laughs> no, no, not you. <laughs> what he was saying was basically, I'm good. <laughs> hey, friend. Hey, Dustin. How are you, friend? I'm great. How was your weekend? My weekend was phenomenal because guess what I got to do this weekend? What was that? I heard Francesca oh, gosh. of HeyFriendHey.com. Oh, my goodness. Sing live. On stage, no. on a hot mic. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, you know how the hot sign is on at Krispy Kreme, yes. baby. Yo, Krispy Kreme, as far as yo Krispy Kremes was concerned, <laughs> your mic, the hot sign was on, and you heard it. Mm. The voice mm. of an angel. Mm. You open your mouth, Woo. and just out came these beautiful melodies, and you were singing alongside Jesse Boykin at our live show in Los Angeles, California. So if you missed that, <laughs> not only did you miss a fantastic live show, mm. but you actually missed Francesca. Of HeyFriendHey.com fame singing live on stage with Jesse Boy. Yes. Look at me feeling shy. Thank you. You were amazing. I didn't know the words. You didn't have so to. I didn't you could have like slayed, but I did what I could. I mean, you, you did some fam things. Fran, it was say. amazing. I appreciate that. It was so much fun. First yes. of all, I'm really proud of that show. I think we did a fun yes. What a great show. Was amazing. Right? Shout out to Shan Boudreaux. Shan, Shan, Shan Boudreaux. Boudreaux. <laughs> Sham Booty, Shameless Maya, Jesse Boykins, they really added so much magic to the like, show. We seriously. did an amazing job. Like, we looked cute. The had, audience was amazing. Can we talk LA, about the audience? Out. It felt like our first show ever. That it our one-year anniversary show when we had that, like, massive turnout and the just the energy of the room. Yeah. All of our peers yes. that came. I feel like we haven't had that in a long time where we're in a city where, like, a high volume of our friends yes. and peers live there. Yes. So that was amazing. That was super The whole amazing. first two rows was just our peers, friends, Shout and family. That. Shout out to everybody that showed up. Entertainment. Shout out to Roman yes. Cam. Oh my gosh. Shout out to them. Shout out to none other than Jesse Boykins. Yes, who killed it as always. He gave us the acoustic version of Earth Girls. Shout out to Jesse Boykins for actually being the first person to perform at our live show because he did ever. it in New yeah. York. That's ever so in live. So, so thank you to him for at our one year. blessing the stage again for Coming us. back home. For okay. being the inspo, right? Right. Um, India Sean and Desi Page. We're yes. Yes. Shout out to yes. our <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to India, Sean. Shout out to everybody that was there. Kid Fury was in the building. Kid Fury yes. was just so, such a treat because I didn't even know he was still in L.A. It was just great. It was a great like, night. L.A. was just a phenomenal, phenomenal show. So we're so thankful to everybody that showed up and showed out because y'all did show out. Sure did. And I'm not going to say nothing other than... You better not send me no more naked pictures. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> and if you was at the show, you know who and what I'm who talking about. Look, as she's tweeting right now. As, she, okay. as she's prepping it right you now to send not a new be one. Send me, I better not see no more honey going down a crack <laughs> in a crevice. I shouldn't have seen none of that. I said, that's honey. I know that glaze anywhere. That's honey. You know, I grew up, my parents listened to the Ohio Players. So all them I album covers. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I know what that is. I'm that kind of black. I know what that is. You better not send me no more pictures of your ass. But yes, it was And we're a great very show. excited to be announcing the fall tour soon. It's, we're actually going pretty hard. I think we're going harder than we have because we haven't really uh, gone. 
we haven't really gone touring too much. We've kind of done it like scattered throughout the year, but yeah. we're gonna be touring from August to December. That's what five cities. So yes. I'm so excited. So we're very very excited. Obviously, we can spill the beans on New York just because that's hometown love. <laughs> so we'll be in New York in August for the three year anniversary. Which Absolutely. Is so nuts. Yes. I can't believe it's been three years. We got a three year old, y'all. We, we made it out the terrible twos. <laughs> hey. <laughs> So we'll let you guys know the dates, obviously, you know, when the tickets launch and all that jazz. We're trying to get Riley Birds to perform. <laughs> friend, That's what they said. How was your weekend, friend? <laughs> My weekend was incredible. I was happy to be able to spend it with y'all in L.A. I've never been in L.A. with y'all, right? Right. No, that, that was, was our first, first time. time. Yep. Like, all of us together. West Coast in Right? It. So that was super cute. I wish we had more time because obviously yes. the trip was kind of short. But it in was In and great. out. It was a great weekend. How about you? You were there for a whole week. <laughs> Amazing. Everything magical happened for me in Los Angeles. Good, because I'm I ready mean, for us to relocate. So, Well, Anything I mean. Anything to convince you. You know, La La Land was so much fun, but I love living in New York. I love really? being able to say, whoop, I got to get back on that plane. Even if it's like for a short period of time. So like if we did the West Coast for like some months or something, sure. Right, but like I just a love, summer. Yes, cause, but I love being able to say, oh, well, I got to get back to New York. Like, I get it. Like, you know, New York is my main thing. You know, <laughs> all them other hoes I was just playing. <laughs> LA, you know, I, I had fun for a whole week and change just playing. It was And great. honestly, most things are great in doses. Yes. That's just the reality. Absolutely. So I get it. But, but it, was it was amazing. Absolutely. Yay. Y'all ready to jump into the recap of last week's show? Let's Why not? Shit. <laughs> so, we had an episode titled Two Days Later because we had recorded two days later. <laughs> we Because our schedule is conflicting, we recorded two episodes in one week. As always, you guys had a ton to say about it. What did we talk about? I don't even remember. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know we're tired. I mean, it was a whole week and change ago. <laughs> a lot had happened. Oh, we then. talked about your own Yelp review. Oh, it because was the, the Yelp and reviews. Right, because of the week prior, it was about the Yelp review that people give you for what you've been through with them. So that's what it was about. And as always, you guys had a ton to say. Who stood out to you, Asante? Will you tell me who stood out to you on the SoundCloud comments, friend? Okay, because you need to buy some time. Oh, okay. <laughs> damn. <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> Boomerang. I got you, boo. So, Whack Bay. On SoundCloud. Whack Bay. <laughs> I love it. Especially when you consider his comment that I'm about to read. Damn, trigger warning. I've cheated and kept it a secret from everyone, even my best friends. It tore me up inside, and because I was keeping the secret, I thought that my relationship would never last. So every day, I was looking for reasons to break up without me having to confess. I knew I wasn't shit. But it contorted my feelings about love and about if monogamy is even feasible. And it was hell. Whack Bay. Thank you for your side. <laughs> who, who stood out to you? <laughs> well, several several people stood out to me. But I want to go Truly, ahead and shout out. Uh, I want to go ahead and shout out Carms because her subject in the email was cranking. It said, y'all really took me down memory lane this week with the Crank crank Dad dances. I'm from Philly, but I had a friend who went to Spelman in her first summer home from school. She brought me the gift of snap music. I was obsessed. Me and my older brother and little sister would put our fitted hats and sunglasses and crank everything. (laughs) And we filmed it. Some of them are on Facebook somewhere. My brother refuses to delete them, but now I'm inspired to make a snap music playlist. 
thanks so much for the music's man segment this week. I needed to laugh so bad. Uh, and then it's signed Carmen, and it says, a.k.a. Frank Sneaker Plug. <gasps> Carmen! Hey, Carmen. What? what? <laughs> That's my plug right Look, there. Look, so when, when it said that... Y'all been seeing me with all my cute Jordans. Well, Carmen... I'm about to email That's Carmen Well, back. where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> I'm about to email Carmen back, because when it said that, I, was, I thought it was the one that was like hooking you up in the app or something, because you know how you always get the app? Yeah. We thought it was your box. Okay. No, she's okay. the one that always lets me know ahead of time because she has. All right, plugs. so look, say less. She has plugs. Say less. Right, 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 say right, less, right, right, right. Ah, 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 By the way, send her love. Her at on Twitter is no ceilings, but she spells it C E E. Yeah, you know who it is. I know who it is. That's the homie. I know who it is. Carmen, you've been hiding, girl, but I know who it is now. That's the homie. That made me really excited because just knowing that you were given the gift of snap music is hilarious. To me, people were going so in about you uh, singing Splacka Valley, the Bunny Hop. Uh, like, the all Splacka the comments Valley on shoot. SoundCloud are about the Bunny Hop. So, okay, so we'll come back to Bunny Hop in a second, but Splacka Valley was very random for me. <laughs> I remember being a child and hearing that on the radio one time and then just feeling like, this man is like crying. So he's like, every woman is her own And being like, damn, it, this nigga got passion. So I took that with me for the rest of my life. And then for the Bunny Hop, <laughs> I didn't realize how many different places that was. Like, I knew it was from Louisiana. Up, but I knew we did it in Atlanta. Right. People talking about they did it in North Carolina. They did it in Texas. Yeah, they did everyone it. had I their own like, version. Yes. Look at the South standing up. Everybody raised up. You got? Did you get a chance to look through the SoundCloud? Because there was like a, a short little war of the <laughs> the best bunny hop. Somebody was like Atlanta's was the best. No, I did not. Someone said New Orleans. But was I will the best. always. I will also tell you. Um, I found the bunny hop clip of the Atlanta version and R.I.P. to Bankroll Fresh. He's on the hook of that version. It says wow. on the SoundCloud. Oh, so to know that, well, I knew that a lot of these people have been influencing me since high school. So it's just funny as hell that Harlem I'm grown. Harlem got a version? No, ain't no Harlem bunny hop. Ain't no Harlem. Mm-hmm. I know Harlem, y'all are a dancing-ass culture, yeah. though. So like Atlanta, we had like our snap dancing. And then Harlem, y'all had your Harlem dances. So the y'all shake. had like the, the Shake, the Aunt Jackie, the Let It Rain to Clear It Out. Like y'all got all them theatrical dances. We just had like our snap music like rendition of... Uh, I want to say the electric slide meets some nigga choreography. Like, it was always <laughs> something extra tied to it. Well, we used to JIT. Shout out to Detroit. Shout out to Footwork and JITting and booty music. And oh, yeah. Shake that, break that, you know, and scrub the ground yeah, and all that shit. Y'all in line with, like, DC go-go we and, did. like, Chicago well, and all that. It wasn't really go-go. It was more so, like, boot, like, Luke. Like, you know, scrub the ground, all that kind of shit. We danced to, like, that kind of shit back in the day in the club. And, and um, rap. Also, I want to give Flint, Michigan, you know, that's my hometown, a shout-out really quick. Shout-out to everybody who remembers the Dayton family. Flint Town by the Dayton family is a classic. <laughs> that's everybody's homework for this week. Flint Town. Look up Flint Town by the Dayton family. And also look up Killers on Your Team by Scam Beano Mob. Look them up. That's your homework for the week. <laughs> Go ahead, Asante. So, yes. ATL just took me back. We were just some dancing-ass niggas, and I just love the fact that everybody connected with that. And also, oh, and you know what? One last shout-out to the young lady who was in my messages today, or I guess yesterday by the time I hear this, and she was saying how funny it was. Or Like, do you remember on YouTube there were these four guys that used to dance to the dances, and they used to wear these long-ass T-shirts, and they used to have cards on them. And so it was like the king. They like they were all like the kings of like the Hearts Club space and all that. Yeah. And so like they used to. <laughs> it was some nigga shit, but it was them and uh I don't remember what the name of their squad was, but everybody was like a squad. There was like Crunk Squad, Ben Hill Squad, like all these different squads down south that either made their own like 
uh, juke your boy type song or <laughs> snap type song. A bunch of bullshit. I just love the fact that Atlanta just gave me so many gifts as a child that I only can grow to appreciate now. Because at that time, I remember being young and wishing that I grew up in the squad of Freak Nick. But Jermaine Dupree had so much going with So So Death. And then all the niggas on the block <laughs> and Bankhead were making so much happen with snap music. R.I.P. to Shawty Lowe. Wow. Thank the Lord for Beyonce. On this on the Carter's project, you know okay. when she does her her shout out to Shawty Love. Okay, that's neither here nor there. I'm just so glad I had another nostalgic moment. ATL, I love you forever, friend. What did you find? Oh no, Dustin, what did you find these sounds? And, and before we move on, just because we're on the topic of dancing, I don't even know how I found it. I think it was like on my suggested videos. Mm-hmm. There's this little boy. I think I don't know if it's Eli or Ellie. It's E L I. Eli Unique. I'm gonna assume. It's a YouTube channel, and do you know all he does is teach the new dances? Oh, yeah. And he gets, like, 5 million views. That's what's yeah. up. Like, he's getting bang. Look at him. He a little kid. Yeah, he's so you cute. You know what? That's bomb because but we don't... But isn't that cute? Because he has a whole YouTube channel, and it's a tutorial, and he breaks down how to move your arm. But you know what? Legs. That's so bomb because do you remember that market when we were younger, this like Darren's so Dance Grooves and all that shit? So yeah. the fact that it's a young ball out here, a young black and kid. And look at him. <laughs> Giving the tutorials. <laughs> Teaching how to shoot. And he's like, shoo, shoo. shoo. <laughs> I think that's just so cute. I'm Hell really yeah. happy for him. What's his name? Um, Eli Unique. <clears throat> and I'm happy for him because his videos, you can tell he's just in his living room with his cute little self and just having fun. And he can literally make a great fucking living off of this because if you're getting 5 million views. Come on now. Do you know the checks that kid's getting? Okay. That's more than people's annual Good. salaries Good off for of him, man. Video. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to go in here and start a little video empire. I will be buying it just to support. So cute. I can see that national tour now teaching all the hottest dances. Audience full of white people, but they bought them tickets. Or he could be opening <laughs> on like tour. Nickelodeon tours and shit like that. Cute. You know, there's a market for that. Tell Nickelodeon to cut the check. Cut the check. What about you, Dustin? What'd you find on the Twitter street? The first Twitter street shout out I want to <laughs> give goes to the Recording Academy. Wow. Um, which, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with them because they've done some very egregious things mm. in the past. But then they do things like this. They tweeted, in the first episode of our On Location series, we link up with Trina Rockstar, where she explains the finer points of how Miami's music scene developed and why it's her permanent home. So shout out to Trina, shout out to the Recording Academy for creating this whole new uh, web series called On Location. Wow, Where they go so to the artists, yeah, yeah, the artist's native city and, you know, have them talk about, you know, cu- they really get into the culture of the music that these people make. Wow. And shout and out to them for budget, picking Trina. Wow, with their budget, must be really nicely oh, shot. Absolutely. Mm, and the damn. fact that they recognize Trina, you know, it just legitimizes Trina. my love for her. Yeah. And that makes me feel good. Yes. Sweet. That's a um, good idea. I also want to give a huge shout out to Queen Curly Fry at it's me Heidi underscore H who tweeted y'all this ape shit video has me losing my shit this moment right here is the fulfillment of my art history degree Beyonce's vision and talent is unmatched stay tuned for some thoughts and she goes on to start this thread that references all of the historically um, art driven messages in Beyonce and Jay-Z's ape shit music video I'll give you one of the tweets just so how you can just so you can understand she says, the first, oh, here we go. She says, the visual and lyrical message of Ape Shit is that Beyonce and Jay Z have made it. They own the motherfucking Louvre, which has been and still is a white centric space with a, histo- with a history deeply rooted in colonialism. 
Thus, centering black bodies in this space is radical. And she goes on to do like a full breakdown of each scene in that Ape Shit video mm -hmm. from uh, an art history perspective. And it's just really interesting and it shows how in-depth Beyonce and Jay-Z went in creating this video. So, super dope thread. Um, I love shit that makes me feel smarter. <laughs> so there we are. I want to give another shout out to, I guess it says Napunani Sharice. I don't know. Her Twitter name <laughs> okay. is O-H-S-O-B-A-R-I-S-A-X-Y. So also Barry Staxi. And it says, friends on pod. Hey, friend. Hey. Hey, Asante. Look at Dustin. Sent a video to my mom of me twerking to Third World Bounce. And it's a screenshot of the text message between her and her mom. <laughs> I saw that. And it shows that she sent the video. And her mother's response was, I ain't trying to see that. <laughs> and she went on to say that Fran from the friend zone oh, told her it was a good lower spine workout. And told her mama, this is the best part right here. Her next text to her mom said, you should try it. <laughs> okay. I, I would also like to get... <laughs> Don't be using me. Okay. Brand did not tell you to tell your mama to do that. I, I also send twerk videos to your mama. Baby, okay. she sent it to her mama <laughs> and then told her you should try it. You should try it. <laughs> Took me out. And I just for that you deserve the highlight alone. I love it. Um, I also want to give a shout out to at AYE, that's N-A-Y-Y. -Y, so A that's Nay. Who tweeted, laughing my ass off, I'm dead. He said she looked like some shit off the color purple watch to the end. And accompanied that tweet with a video that's around two minutes long of uh, two bus passengers having an argument on a city bus. One was a black gay male and one was another lady who chose to highlight, you know, that he was gay. And his response was entertaining to say the least. I'll give you a snippet. That's all I need to say right there. That's all That's all you need to hear right there. Because you guys heard the conviction behind that. Yeah, bitch, I'm talking to you. And so you know that from there, the insults flew. And you know I love a good nature. Well, I shouldn't say good nature because it really wasn't good natured. But they both kind of like, I, it was just, it wasn't any, any hints of violence. It was literally just them hurling insults back and forth at each other. And they both were funny. The things that they were saying, literally, Fran, your Cortezes are so cute. You oh, guys, you. I just called Fran. Oh, Fran has really been, yeah, yeah. let me tell you about Fran's Shoot sneaker game. game. Like, she's not playing. Game. Shoot game better than my boot Fran game. is wearing a pair of emerald green, emerald green suede Nike Cortezes with a gum sole and then a white stripe on the midsole. They are adorable, and they just come out high, and they're Don't also squeaky clean. They have gold hardware, and she's wearing a gold ankle anklet, so it's just cute. Thank anyway, you. <laughs> um, these inserts that insults, what the hell is an insert? I don't know what's going on with us today. Me either. My tongue is like literally Harlem shaking. <laughs> God damn. The insults are hilarious, so I thoroughly enjoyed that tweet. Let me dig down, I guess, and see if there's something else in here that I really want to talk about. Yes. Shout out to Yahoo Finance, who... Tweeted that Domino's Pizza unveils a U.S. infrastructure project filling potholes. Have you guys seen this? No. Yeah, but it's weird because they put their branding on it. So we don't have a bunch mm. of Domino potholes. <laughs> I'd rather drive over a Domino's logo really? than pay for a you blowout. You know what? And it'll make, me, right. think of, it'll guess, make me think of Ninja yeah. Turtles because they love pizza. <laughs> I just can't believe that, you know. I just think visually when yeah, I no. saw it, I was like, that is what so ugly. But you know what? It'll just be another random weird thing you see somewhere, like YKK on your zipper. Right. That it just is what <laughs> like, it is. Oh, and who knows? Okay. It'll fade, right? Over time? No? Yeah. 
I mean, if they're driving hard enough to bust a pothole through the goddamn street, that dog, that paint ain't going to last for probably four days, four, five days. They're they going to cement that shit. Right five, six there. days. Right. That's Maybe sad that Domino's has to take it over because okay. our government so, Somebody's got to do it. Sheesh. What a slap in the face to all the other pieces of change. Like, it took Domino's to fix the goddamn streets. <sighs> Domino's pizza. Okay, to say enough. You know, I have a couple things I want to uh, dip into the Twitter streets about too. Well, why you ain't doing when it was your turn? You know, I forgot. You see, that's the Look, shit I be talking about, right? The car you had a whole segment. I'm about to put the car in reverse. Okay? Well, back it up there. <laughs> um, I want to give a special shout out to at Head Graphics with an X um, instead of CS. He hosted the Durag Fest in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, I saw so that. also go search the hashtag for hashtag Durag Fest and look at all the dom- like the bomb ass photos of black people and the- their Durags. It's beautiful. It's amazing. There were some really really great photos taken of people in Durags and people without because there was like a wave competition. Like, I saw that. There was a whole bunch. Just a black ass time. I wish I would have known about it. I definitely would have made the time to go. Yeah, that's that's all I a genius say. idea. It was. It looked like it was fun as hell, and it looked like it parallels that of one Afro punk. <laughs> like from the pictures, it like people were dressed up and they were in colors, and people had they like bright orange do rags, and to see black people in these bomb ass color do rags, and it was amazing. And the sneaker game, you keep that uh, sneaker shoot game, game better than my boot right? game. You know, niggas love a good sneaker with their do rag now. Listen, Woo. it was great, but that was it. That's the power. The power couple. <laughs> For real. <laughs> So this week's episode is a wild card episode. Wow, wow, wild card. So that means Sir Dustin. That's right. All up to you. Put a song because we have no idea what we're about to get into. All right. So you guys know when I do my wild card episodes, or not when I do. The last few I've been doing have been pop culture centered. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like hot topics type shit. But I always like to put a spin on it that's relevant to everybody that is active in social media. So recently. There was a huge thread, well, there were several huge threads that kept circulating about unpopular opinions, oh right? Lord. It would be like unpopular opinion, <sighs> family ready. edition, unpopular opinion, work edition. <laughs> I did see that. The, you saw the, the, the genius level of gift choices, you know <laughs> what I mean, that were accompanying these tweets, right? It would be unpopular opinion, family edition, and a girl, black girl flinging her hair over her shoulder, you know, accompanying the tweet. Thought it was genius. But it also inspired me. So I felt like, why not dish about hot topics, Ooh. offer an unpopular opinion, a popular opinion, and see where we fall in between the two. <laughs> Make sense? Are you ready? Okay, let's go. First one we're going to talk about is none other than Kim Kardashian Chest. Who? <laughs> who? Okay. Wants to, according to, this came from the YBF.com, a great black site for you to get good news topics from. Oh, the YBF, oh my God. And shout out to all the people who call it BBF. Dude, can we we pause for a second? Of course. This is the wild card episode. Speak your mind. Concrete Lou. Concrete Lou. Oh my God. What else? That grape juice. That, that, grape, that juice. grape juice. Remember that? Miss Gia's juice? website. Miss Gia's website. Uh, Nicole, she ain't for everybody. Nicole Bitchy. Nicole Bitchy. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the Jasmine brand's day. been around for a minute, too. The Maybe. Jasmine brand. Who else? Concrete like Lou oh, was a um, um, The one that was always getting in trouble because she's so uh, mean. Sandra Rose. I knew you were going to say her name, and I was going to tell you to not say it. <laughs> I was going to tell you not to say it. First of all, 
first of all, Sandra Bland has me blocked, right? <laughs> and and not, I should have known not. better. Her last name is Bland. So that should have been enough of an indicator for me to go the other way. But it was something not. about just the mean-spirited nastiness of the things that she used to post. And so I wanted to know more about her, so I looked her up. Oh, that's And good. when I looked her up, I looked her back down. And I looked her back up and back down. Okay, because I couldn't believe that somebody that looked like that could spew such hateful things. She talks about children. She was so She talks about mean. people's parents. She talks about all that. She's homophobic and a lesbian at the same time. Really? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I mean, a lesbian, like, caps lock, underscore, not even italics, because that would mean she was leaning a little bit. No, she's standing strong. She is a real lesbian and has the nerve to make such homophobic comments um, she, I don't Is even want to talk about. Business? I hope not. Maybe I haven't gone on site. I'm, I'm only what, gonna say did maybe. Y'all, did y'all read Perez Hilton? Remember I did, he was and I hated huge. him. Oh yeah, we did. I met him at one point too, and I wanted to tell him what trash he was. But. What other side are we missing? I feel like I guess that's it. Those were Concrete like, Loop was my favorite. Oh I love Concrete my Loop. Shout out to Angel and Brian. Oh and, my god, it was so good. Yes. Concrete Loop really used to keep me like up on shit. Yes, that was the top of my bookmark because mm-hmm. it, it used to put me on to indie artists, which is to this day my favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. They would interview them, and then uh, the comment section was always so funny. Mm-hmm. A lot of like. People that are popular now grew from the comment sections of these websites. Oh, absolutely. Which is what's so funny about Crunk-tastical it. Crunktastical was hilarious. Those are some of the best written Fresh headlines. Lina, Shout out to I Fresh. I love like, you. She, she was would hilarious. have me laughing Fresh, out loud. And it's weird because she wasn't mean, though. It no, was, she was it funny. It was like funny. You yeah. had to laugh. Like, you couldn't even. You can even low key. That's why Bossip writes the head. Low key. Bossip. That's the other Francesca, one. Media Francesca. Takeout. Oh, MediaTakeout.com. Media <laughs> you know that was the Black National Enquirer. <laughs> yeah, reading Media Takeout. You knew that it was. It was. You knew it was an inflated storyline. But you but couldn't it was, you just, help it. You couldn't turn away. They would make up the crazy. Only shit. time they told the truth was in the blind items, and that's how you knew they was telling the truth because they couldn't tell you who it was. I was always looking at somebody's leaked nudes on Media Takeout. Like I yes, remember. when it would be on the front oh, page, blurred out. Who? <laughs> who? I can think about Shamar Moore's. Um, Shamar oh, he was Moore. in the ocean. Who was it? Brian Smith? Is that what his oh, name is? Yeah, Brian can, look, Smith. He I got can, slaughtered because yes. of him. Yeah. What, they was little? His news was little or something? Uh, I think both of them were, actually. Shamar Moore and Brian. Well, well no, guess? not Shamar Moore. I just remember Shamar Moore. But was they like might be showers and not... No, what is it? Growers, growers and not, not showers. Right. You know, so I, I mean, never that judge. Exist, yeah, because like, but... if you're just walking around <laughs> on like a nude beach and you're not just walking around with your dick hard swinging yeah. at everybody, like, of course you, you ain't know? just out, out, out cheer. Speak but for yourself. On what... Don't bite your tongue. <laughs> Don't say... get it twisted. Don't confuse. Anyway, what was you saying? It don't matter now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. You know, like, all that shit used to be so good on the internet. Oh, my God. I love those headlines. It's so (laughs) interesting, though, because a lot of it was really cruel. You saved me, because I was really finna bust Sandra Rose's ass open, and y'all kept it moving. And so we're going to keep it moving. But just know, Sandra Rose. All right, sorry for the tangent. Anyway, <laughs> back to this. So Kim Kardashian Pest now wants to take on another prison reform case, and she explains why Kanye West loves Trump. 
Okay. Yeah, you heard me right. So everybody knows what went down with Kim Kardashian West and Alice Marie Johnson, how she got Donald Trump to pardon her, all that other shit. Right. So now she's looking into the case of San Quentin death row inmate Kevin Cooper, who was convicted of a 1983 quadruple murder. Now, listen, he has been on death row for 33 years and will die of lethal injection if nothing is done. He has maintained his innocence since the beginning. Kevin found his son stabbed to death. Well, okay, so there was a whole thing. Long story short, the evidence has been like completely on the side that it wasn't him. He wants to get some testing done that would prove his innocence. It's obvious that he's innocent. Oh, man. Right, so it's one of those situations. But she tweeted the California governor asking them to look into this. And so now she's starting another initiative you know, to find some sort of justice for this case. So the unpopular opinion... Okay, mm -hmm. so we'll start there. Is that you know Kim Kardashian has become a fighter for justice, and she is you know moving and operating with full integrity and in trying to get these people freed and make these things happen on behalf of helping people. The most popular opinion is that this is all for optics. Um, her going to meet with Donald Trump was ridiculous and insulting to everyone who it would be insulting to. And she's just using this for an opportunity to look good in the media. So, where do you fall in line? Is your opinion popular or unpopular or somewhere in between? Probably. And who wants to go first? I'll go first by saying that I don't care. Mm. It's, it's sad, but like I just am numb to all the bullshit happening with the politics and the presidency right now. And that's probably super irresponsible, but... I'm just at a fucking stage right now. So do you think that Kim Kardashian is doing this from a place of wanting to help? Or do you think that this is for appearances? I mean, I've never cared about Kim Kardashian. So, like, me actually seeing her in the middle of this is just kind of like, oh, she's just doing what Kim Kardashian West does. She just kind of shows up. I don't look at it as her having any substance or actually even wanting to do something. I guess to answer your question, it is mostly about appearances. Mm. She's just kind of showing up to just be there, not necessarily to actually do something she believes in. I know that's fucked up to say, but that's what you get when you're part of the that. <laughs> you know, it's funny for me because, like, the facts are the facts at the end of the day, right? And so, like, Alice Marie Johnson, the, the uh, woman who Kim Kardashian was able to finesse a pardon from, you know, that horrible person who's in the White House, you know, on behalf of... She shouldn't have been convicted. She shouldn't have been in jail. So it's great to see somebody who wasn't supposed to be in jail out of jail, right? But that's about where the positivity stops for me. I don't think anybody's actions were motivated by, you know, simply wanting to do good. I think that both parties saw the benefit in this for both of them or what they as the assumed benefit on behalf of Donald Trump, the actual benefit on, the half of Kim, on behalf of Kim Kardashian because there are people who genuinely support her no matter what she does. And something like this, which in its core is good natured. It only legitimizes their feeling and their stance and makes and fuels their fire to say, no, she really is a good person. She really is legitimate. She really is real. She really is all this shit. So, and you know, the facts are the facts. These are good things being done. However, there's my logical self, which has taken into account everything that I've seen take place, which has also taken into account that under no circumstances would it be appropriate nor possible i don't think physically even possible on my behalf to like meet with donald trump and talk about anything 
I know that there's nothing in him that will be motivated to make a good, just decision based on the merit of it being good and just. Oh, no. And so that makes any conversation or any attempt to talk about something and find a resolution pointless. It's always going to be motivated by deceit, greed, something else that is less than something of integrity. So it's ridiculous to me, and I just don't understand why they both, well, I do understand why they both did it. So I don't, this doesn't make me feel like Kim Kardashian is a freedom fighter and Absolutely. somebody who is <laughs> a freedom fighter <laughs> and somebody who is, you know, really out here advocating on behalf of making a change. I think that she recognizes that she has a voice and I think it's great that she's doing these things, but that's where the buck stops for me. It's not something that's going to sway my um, opinion or motivate me to look at her any differently than I already do, which isn't necessarily good or bad. This just isn't going to make it any different. Francesca. <laughs> I mean, I think the what stood out to me the most was I think of the organizations like the Innocence Project, the bailout projects, and all the initiatives that they have spent their entire lives fighting for these cases. And a lot of times they get overlooked. And then because we... Um, <clears throat> the hierarchy of, like, celebrity culture. Mm -hmm, you know, right. the fact that she can just kind of sweep into the White House. And all of a sudden it's like, oh. Yeah, and then, like, she decides to tweet about it. Just sort of something she's like, oh, I'm just going to kind of do this, you know, and then gets it done. Should we be thankful in the bottom line because there's a woman that is free and back with her family, and I'm thinking of her family? Absolutely. And I'm thinking of the woman that is free. But celebrity culture is really fucking annoying. Yes, so it is. Awful. And if there's anything about all of this that stress, well, I won't even say the word stresses me, but I just think it's such a, it just speaks volumes of the world we live in that someone can just be known for being beautiful, make money off of it. Granted, she, you know, people are putting money in her pocket. People watch her videos or whatever it is that puts more money in her pocket. So we are equally as accountable for what we contribute to celebrity culture. But it's just like, it's sad, you know? Mm -hmm. I really think of those people that have spent their whole lives fighting for innocent people in jail. And I wonder what percentage they even get clear. I mean, I know they do get people cleared out, you know? And like sacrificing careers. I mean, sacrificing <laughs> their health because yeah. that's stress. Yeah. You know, the people that you don't get freed and then you can't you stop thinking about them. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think it's the, the larger conversation is the obsession with celebrity culture and how much power we give people. Mm -hmm. I agree. That to me is the larger conversation. I feel like that's been the conversation though. And I feel like a lot of people miss that when the whole Trump shit started, like when him even being elected, it was kind of like, it's the beginning of that conversation. Right. But as like he won, it's like that conversation wasn't continued. And then as he continued to do terrible things, we didn't continue that conversation pro uh, appropriately, I feel like. So now we're here with Kim Kardashian just sauntering in and pretending, <laughs> you know, she's been doing shit for some years and she knows some shit. Girl, you don't know a goddamn thing. You're just showing up for appearances. You got somebody that, that might have briefed you five minutes before you walked in the goddamn room. I'm supposed to believe you and be like, all right, that Kardashian West, she part of the family now. Hell no. And Kanye said <laughs> that she was worried that he's ruining their name and their money. He said it very explicitly. I mean... So when you think of that, 
we think of her as a businesswoman, most most more so her mom. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Who's the mastermind right. who'd be like, Okay, our name's getting fucked up because he's because Kanye's, you know, online making people turn on him. Right. How do we book. fix this? <laughs> oh, let's free black people. <laughs> I don't know. That could very well not be the intention. At the end of the day, we don't know what the intention is because we don't know her. We don't know the conversation she's had. But, you know. Just the one she decides to air out all <laughs> over the goddamn time and put up on social media at every turn. But I don't know. It's just the... And, and even Kanye in the... I don't know if you guys watched his interview with Charlemagne mm-hmm. where he was saying that the reason he admires Trump so much... I know, right? Is because Trump... He said Trump is the underdog in the sense that... Fuck that shit. In the sense that he became president. Someone that you would never have thought could be president did it. And so it made him feel, Kanye, feel like I can really, truly do anything. I can even be president. That's the he dumbest thing attainable. I've ever heard can in I my life. Can I say something? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. And that's why he's drawn to him as a person. Because he said he made... Even something as that as the highest office attainable to the average man. And guess what? I'm sorry. Even if that was your feeling, even if that was your rationale for, even if that was something that you admired about Donald Trump's story or whatever the fuck, that does not... Let me stop because you know I'll get mad when it comes to black people shit. (laughs) But that doesn't take away from all of the, the horrible just disgusting things that he has done, that he supports, that he represents, that he pushes, that he helps to further. Kids in cages, the racist dog whistle messages, all that shit. The wall. Yeah, the wall. And not pick a wall boots, like Tiffany New York Pilot said. Build a wall, like the racist whites have said, that support him. And so it's just disgusting. But, I, you know, one last thing while we down here. Okay. While we down, uh, while we're down here in the gutter, this is something that I think will be a great rebound because it's a hell of an opportunity for us to have a little fun punching the shit out of somebody verbally. So, are you ready? Sure. Okay. Recently, Kathy Griffin had made some comments about Kevin Hart that were less than favorable, and a lot of people found questionable to say the least. I might have an unpopular opinion. I don't know the story, but mm-hmm. I feel like Already. I might. Would you like to hear them? Yeah, because I don't know what happened. Yeah. Okay, so Kathy Griffin was doing an interview with USA Today, and she said, and I quote, when referring to Trump era, she said, I do feel like this is such an anxiety-ridden time for everyone that there is a thirst for all kinds of comedy. Kathy said, and look, if you want to not hear about Trump at all, go see Kevin Hart. He doesn't even mention Trump. I personally think that's a pussy move, because he's a black man. But I guess he's selling more tickets than I ever will. This came from Kathy Griffin. I don't have an unpopular opinion. Never mind. Mm-hmm. No, this came from <laughs> Kathy Griffin. You what know, the fuck? And we all know the history of Kathy Griffin and the headless photo of Donald Trump that she released oh, and then yeah. apologized for and then recounted her apology. And now she's on a tour of just being as publicly anti-Trump as she can be. Um, so... A source from Kevin's camp told Fox News, of all people, right? Kathy is the last person on Kevin's mind, believe me. Everyone has something to say about Donald Trump. (laughs) And that's the reason Kevin isn't speaking on him. Kevin Lee, Kevin, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee. (laughs) Like Heavenly. Right. Kevin, 
honestly feels the Trump bits are overused and knows that people are tired of the political banter from comedians. So, so how do we feel about Kathy Griffin's comments, here's you the guys? Thing. Here's the thing, right? So Kevin Hart is somebody, he's a comedian, right? So he has to have a set of jokes that are relatable to pop culture, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Right. That does not mean that he has to weigh in on everything all of the time. Right. That does not mean he has to become a political pundit and, you know, just set his stance on where he is. Because I'm sure if you just flat out ask him, he's going to be like, oh, I ain't fucking with Trump. I feel like he would probably just say that. With that said, Kathy Griffin is worried about the wrong thing. I was, I'm actually a fan of hers, a supporter of hers. Mm-hmm. I actually hated the fact that she apologized <laughs> for the picture. Mm-hmm. And I think that it sucks now that she's, you know, trying to return from exile and has to do that how, whatever way she needs to. But she doesn't need to drag Kevin into this at all. It's not even about him or her. She should have just been like, no comment. Like, you know, we're two different types of comedians. I have no reason to talk about his stand-up. The great thing is that they didn't even ask her. She offered it on her own. And that makes it even worse. <laughs> that makes it even worse. I like Kathy Griffin. So it's like, why would you just come out of nowhere and be like, this comedian, out of all of the comedians, he needs to be doing this. Bitch, shut your ass up. And I hate to say bitch because she's a woman. And people are going to be like, oh, she's a woman. I mean, bitch in the sense of bitch girl, you know better. She has enough gays to know what I mean. I you mean, know the fuck better than to be out here attacking other people. And that's what she fucked up. She's been out here attacking Andy Cohen and the Andes because, you know, they fucked her over. But, you know, y'all white, so that's y'all business, and I don't care about that. <laughs> but when you're out here coming for a black man and you're a white woman, that's not going to look good for you at all. So you thinking you're trying to level with him on a professional or whatever the hell. Wherever your head is at, it's wrong. And somebody should have told your ass, like, girl, no. Don't, don't hit send. Save this to your drafts. Pray on it because I'm sure you're... The prayers will be answered and tell you, oh, this is as bad of an idea as it is to apologize. First of all, to me, she got a lot of motherfucking nerve in the first place because you say what you want to say, you feel how you want to feel about Donald Trump, and you make the decisions that you want to make. But where you went wrong is by, A, bringing somebody else into the fold, period. You say what you want to say, make your statements your own, and leave them at that. But to then pull Kevin Hart of all people in and then state your reason for pulling him in that... He being a black comedian, he should have something to say about Donald Trump. You, as a white woman, don't get to pick and choose and determine what a black person should or shouldn't say about anything. That's totally not your place. (laughs) Especially when you fool gazy in the first place because you got hoe in your blood anyway, apologizing for something that you intentionally did because you got shook that your money was going to be fucked up and your opportunities or your name or whatever. Then right. I mean it was I just mean, so typical, sure she, like you know so typical of a white woman to, you know, boldly go where no man has gone to the front of the line, and then as soon as you dip a toe in that water and it's boiling and takes a little of the skin off of your badly shaped big toe, now you want to backpedal and run and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it." And then when you get backlash for that, because everybody's like, well, bitch, yes, you did mean it because you said it in the first place. So why don't you just say you meant it? Because he really is a horrible person and we may have supported you anyway. Once they say that, then you want to say, you know what? Now you're right. I did. I did mean it. And not only that, I'll see your I'm right and I'll raise you a black person that ain't doing what they're supposed to do because (laughs) I can say that it doesn't work like that. Kathy, you can't say that. Frank, can you say what you need to say so I can come back to Kathy Griffin? Because I got a couple more things I need to say. Finish, good. I just really, as a gay man, like, I really enjoyed Kathy Griffin as a comedian. I feel like she was funny as hell. I enjoyed her on Bravo. I really respected what she was doing. So the fact that she apologized to Trump, and this is really in the midst of him doing all of the anti-gay shit he was doing. It's like, 
what you did was some extra shit, but at the same time, you weren't fucking wrong. It's not like you were actually plotting to kill this motherfucker. You took a picture as, at another man, white man's direction, by the way, and then you apologizing for it. Don't come at a black man. Don't do that. You're just now coming back to the forefront, so you even sat down on the couch with Wendy, and I guess you're thinking that you're about to you know, make your way in, and so then you're going to come at a black man? That's it. I'm sorry. Fran, please. <laughs> I mean, we also aren't aware of what people are doing behind the scenes. Not everybody's on Instagram posting, you know, like what initiatives they might be a part of, who they're donating to. I mean, we just found out recently that Beyonce and Jay-Z were bailing out a lot of the activists from Ferguson. You know, from the outside, you might have thought that they weren't doing shit, but you had no idea they were bailing people out. You know, like that's crucial to the movement. So I've learned not to assume who is and who isn't a part of change. Mm -hmm. Um, And most importantly, he also may not have the range, which is okay. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm aware of what I have the range and don't have the range to speak on. There's some things I just, like, I would never go on a show to to be, like, a political pundit. (laughs) I just just wouldn't do that. You are not going to catch me on CNN. Yeah, like, because I know that I I don't have it. I I don't follow politicians i'm not aware of policies like it's just not where my strength lies and so her expecting that from him the only thing i will say i agree is that i do think you i think is my opinion when you are as big as kevin hart you would hope he would be using his capitalistic power (laughs) to shift some shit right but that's also my projection of what i would do it doesn't mean that he's supposed to do that because i find that valuable and that's another thing people have to understand. Your priorities are not going to be the same as others. And there's nothing wrong with that. Y'all are two different people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. And Kevin Hart does a lot. I think that's why I'm super disappointed. Because like you said, you don't know what everybody's doing. I have no doing. idea. Sometimes like, you have no idea. Like I remember wanna... last year and people talking about Kevin Hart starting like a network and doing all these things. So it's like... There's tons of things that he could be doing. He could be pushing other comedians and putting money behind them, and they might and have anti is. as they might have anti Donald Trump stand up and shit. He might be like, "You funny as hell with this bit," and might think to himself, "Why would I do a bit when I know this Negro's out here doing this shit?" Like, there's tons of reasons he could not be doing it. It, it doesn't have to even be like, "Well, maybe he voted for Trump." Like, maybe I don't know if that might be why she was trying to put that out there, do that. But it's like, I don't. I just think it's a, inappropriate sometimes to call other people out and say. They should be doing this. Because like you said, Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're perfect examples of people that are always looked at to be the heroes. And Beyonce it's like doesn't they, even tweet. Doesn't tweet. Doesn't, doesn't say nothing doesn't about nothing. Doesn't give interviews. Doesn't tweet. She only posts outfits on Instagram. So if right. you're looking at her from that you get, level, you You get three assume. photos or, <laughs> or videos whenever. <laughs> right. Outside of that, don't expect nothing else from Beyonce. Because whatever she, whatever else she's doing is not part of Beyonce. She's right. just doing it out of the kindness of her heart. And media don't need to know about it. And I respect the fuck out of that. Yeah, but I mean, other people are like, well, you are this person, so you should call you know, the photographers or sit down with this person. No. I pay, I'm paying the money to make the work happen because there are people with the educations in the background to do this shit and let them be the forefront and the people that want to do this shit. And we Kathy have to be Griffin. careful what we wish for, too, because if you're asking people, celebs in this conversation, to right. uh, give their opinion on things, and then you get people like Kanye. 
And then what? Round it on then out. Then you're mad. Round it on out, friend. Because he's not saying what you want to or, say. Or Trump. Him. Let's say you've been watching Trump on The Apprentice for years, and you're thinking, well, yeah, I think he might be a good president because he judges this fucking stupid TV show. <sighs> so that's that. Huh. All right, so. <laughs> yes, the fun one. Okay, right. Yeah, this one is fun. This one is actually more geared towards a side table friend. You'll be able to opine oh, on this Lord. just on the general, you know, basis just, of what it is. That means it's reality I'm TV. Now. It is reality TV based. <laughs> I'm excited again, still scared. Okay, so this one is coming from the jasminebrand.com. Shout out to Jasmine and them pink and blonde braids. Okay, pink and blonde. I'm actually reading a Strawberry book blonde. by Eric Jerome Dickey right now called The Blackbirds, and one of the main characters in the book named Destiny. Uh, her hair is platinum blonde with pink tips, and it just reminded me of the Jasmine brand as soon as I read it. So I don't know if that's where he got it from, but that's where I went with it. What's it called again? The Blackbirds. I'm going to read that. I'll, I'll, I'll give so, it to you as soon as I'm done. I used to love Eric Drum Dickey, so please. Yeah, right. Yes. I'll give it to you as soon as. And he's still on his. He's. It's this classic is a, this Eric Jerome. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. classic Eric Jerome Dickey. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, send it, I'll give it to you. I'm about to just buy the whole collection. I'm dead. Okay. Real Housewives of Atlanta's Apollo Nida oh, praises fiance. You ready for this? From prison. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, that had to be the how end of the season. How long is he away for? Six years. And how long? How long into that are we? Oh, he got six years left. We're probably halfway through there. Oh, damn. So what I'm gonna do with this story because there's a lot more that I could add to it as far as context, but. I'll just tell you what the post was that was on Instagram, and you guys tell me how you feel about it, okay? Mm -hmm. This isn't even about an opinion being popular or unpopular. This right here just kind of is what it is. Okay. <laughs> so this Instagram post came from Apollo Nida's Instagram account. You know that he is currently incarcerated uh, during a six-year sentence um, for whatever he's in jail for. It really doesn't matter once you get in. Those kind of conversations are important during sentencing, and, you know, the trial, the arraignment, mm -hmm. you know, all of that. Once you're in there, who gives a fuck? Okay. There was a post of his girlfriend, Shireen, who has appeared on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, pre you know, briefly before. Mm -hmm. There's a post the, of her OLG, right? mm -hmm. yes. wearing a wedding gown, and this is the caption of the picture in all caps, mind you, from Apollo's account. His account? Mm-hmm. His incarcerated IG. Mm-hmm. All right. I know. I was sitting over here like, you know, loading it over. But... <laughs> After my last marriage, I thought love was dead and I would never attempt such a thing. But I found the one. She is so beautiful. At Queen Shireen. Inside and out. I've never met a kind soul such as hers. And she amazes me daily by never placing herself before others. Baby, I can't wait to love all over you and share life's special moments and love together. Thanks for allowing me to see true love and support and not giving up on me during these trying times. Hashtag, because you know it's a hashtag at the oh, end. Of course it is. Hashtag, miss you, baby. Hashtag, you complete me. Oh, God. I, well, thank you for being only two hashtags. <laughs> now. Y'all know everybody in them comments saying, bitch, you wrote that shit, bitch. You, you got Apollo password. This is what happens when Bay gets your password. <laughs> First of all, all of the messages in caps lock, it's, she adds herself after saying, you are so beautiful to me. I shouldn't say she adds herself. I guess I've given away my opinion, right? I mean, <laughs> She clearly wrote this shit herself. 
Apollo, we've been dealing with Apollo for how many years on Real Housewives of Atlanta, right? Well, apparently not Multiple three. seasons, not the last three. <laughs> I know. But we've been dealing with him long enough to know that that type of expression he doesn't even make. It doesn't even sound like something he would say. Why would you? What kind of thrill do you get? Let me be quiet. And let me just ask you, Asante, how do you feel about this message being left from Apollo's page? Do you think she wrote it? Do you think Apollo sent it? What do you think? Um, He's not even getting out anytime soon either. Let the record reflect that. What do you think? So a lot of that remains to be seen. And I actually have no opinion because I really don't care about Apollo. Mm -hmm. And I really don't care about Phaedra either. But Mm -hmm. as you were reading this, I thought to myself, damn, it's mighty convenient. And uh, initially it was kind of like, oh, fucked up that Phaedra was gone. But now I'm thinking to myself, is that something she can use when Apollo tries to come for his money when he leaves jail? Because I feel like when he gets out, he's going to try to ask for alimony or do something like foolish and ignorant and annoying. Because that's all I could think about. I was sitting here thinking about him and this new woman. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Apollo, all he used to do when he was locked up was threaten Phaedra. Like, you know, when I get out, I want what's mine. Like, he used to say that shit to her. So the fact that he's up here with this new woman and... You know, either tweeting from behind bars or having her, you know, do the Instagram captions for him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's like that's what I can't get past the this incarcerated Instagram. So like, even if she's sitting there like typing these captions, it's kind of like, well, girl, he's not home yet, and when he gets home, you still gonna have to deal with that like love after lockup syndrome. <laughs> And I've seen the TV show Ooh, several where does times. That come back on? Uh, Not soon enough. Double, double shout out to Fresh because it, between her and Crystal, I had to watch that. <laughs> and to watch these people get out of jail, and like one dude, you know, he was with this woman for all of like thirty days before he got locked up, and he was locked up for some months and change. He gets out, and he's with this woman. He's like realizing, like, I don't want to be with her. Mm-hmm. So Apollo might get his ass out and be like, "Well, girl, you was cute because I was locked up. <laughs> like, I want my family back. I want, like, you know, I don't want to be here. Well, maybe he might not want his family back. He you might think he want Queen Shreem. He, <laughs> he might want her for now, but not enough for whatever this caption is. This whatever Queen Shireen caption. Whatever this this extravagant caption is, I feel like it's her setting herself up. And again, it's gonna be love after lockup syndrome and. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to pray for Apollo. I really love him and Phaedra's beautiful children. I don't want either of them to be in a situation that they don't want to be in, but I really don't care about them either. So, Shireen, I hope that you are not playing yourself to the side over jail, babe. Because, you know, Apollo, you know, he is... He's Apollo's kind of... This is a quote from Kendra. Kendra. (laughs) A quote from (laughs) From Kenya Kenya Moore. She was like, you know, Apollo... Apollo's kind of fine, she said that. So I know for Shireen, you know, she's thinking that. Right. Well, my thoughts are this, right? Two things. Number one, Shireen has already made it clear that she has a desire to appear on television. She made herself present during uh, season nine of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Remember she came to Old Lady Gang and introduced herself as Apollo's fiance and all these things that were completely awkward and uncomfortable. I have a specific question for you, by the way. But, Fran. (laughs) But anyway... um, you know, she already has made it clear that she wants to be visible and present, and she gets a thrill out of that part. We mm. all know that the Real Housewives of Atlanta so do you is think casting. Apollo hired her this time. Nope, I think this is all her. <laughs> is it hired her? Yeah, like, as a because storyline? well, because now Phaedra done you know kicked his ass to the curb, so now he you know got a new baby mama that want to be on TV, so he's gonna collect that check from her ass. Well, that's if well, which brings me back to where I was yeah, going yeah. with this. So I think it's funny <laughs> that you know, right around the time when the casting rumors are running at an all-time high, and there's all this talk about who's testing for the show and who's not, and who Bravo's interested in for the next season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now we get this stupid, 
I won't even say cryptic because it's literally not cryptic. It's just a stupid message on Apollo's Instagram from this lady who's wearing a wedding gown. Mm. Why We don't even know why she's wearing a wedding gown because he's not coming home anytime soon. Okay? But she posts a picture of herself. I shouldn't say she posts. The picture of her is posted Look, from Apollo's Apollo account. Apollo allegedly posted right. from Wearing his Wearing a Instagram. wedding gown with this declaration of up. love that sounds nothing like anything we've ever heard Apollo say. You know what this reminds me of? Mm-hmm. You ever watch on your on your Twitter feed people asking themselves questions through Curious Cat? <laughs> oh my god or ask you just looking at them like themselves these and, you, questions and, and then they got like the, the nerve they got the nerve to like tweet in between them asking themselves a question it's like you are working double time I just tonight. like sometimes <laughs> I feel like secondhand embarrassed I'm like do you not realize we on we know <laughs> right we know ooh I just think you so fine and I wish you would I respond to my DM yeah so fine. it's like ooh mind you never mind <laughs> but there's a lot of people that do that shit I and know, it just and gets it's disgusting so what if there's a glitch one day where it just like happens to show what account? Right, and it, sometimes it's not even like, oh, okay. You know that happened back in the day. Do y'all remember the website Friendster? Yeah. So there was. They came after Facebook trying to be on some ghetto shit. It was before Facebook. What? They it? were like the original. No, it was after MySpace before Facebook. So there was a day where they added a feature. Where you could see who visited your profile, but they added it, and then if you had visited the profile, it's gonna show it. Showed it. your shit already, so like, like they activated, on, and it oh was like the old shit too. My God, all of us were on blast. People were sick that day. I remember in the computer room at school being sick because all those people you had been secretly stalking they saw your see, little thumbnail. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I Technology. wish Instagram would do that one day. Just Ooh, add the feature. I wish they would. With I think a it backlog. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying strong over here. Are you? I'm terrible. I'm staying strong over here. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I just think it's ridiculous. And it's so sad that people are that thirsty for attention that they would do something like that. Because I completely think that she wrote this message herself. Yikes. And she's wearing a wedding dress. It's just crazy. You know, we've always seen crazy people put on wedding dresses all the time. Anytime you got on a wedding dress and you ain't getting married or preparing to get married, you crazy. <laughs> like, that's crazy person behavior. And so the fact that she posted this picture like that and then this crazy-ass caption, I just think it's disgusting. And, yeah, it's just sad. And I guess you can, you've can. you already opined about Friendster. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And thank you for your thank contribution. You, See, look at friend. <laughs> but I just think it's ridiculous. And, you know, yeah. So I think we've had a good time talking about pop culture topics this week. That was cute. I'm not going to make you, you know, be punished any further. <laughs> I know it's just a lot. Thank you for stretching your arms out nearer to thee. And, yeah, it's time to move on to our next segment. Sunny days are calling at Moncloth. Nab everything from travel-inspired prints to breezy sundresses, no cardigan required. You guys, I actually ordered a ton of cute outfits, mainly leggings. I don't really wear leggings, but the ones that they had on the site were Look undeniable. like they was going to wear you. <laughs> yes. They're just too cute. And you guys know I've been working out, so if anything, I can use them at the gym, the cute little prints. I got a pink one, like hot pink leggings. Oh, nice. They had this uh, ombre one that was like, it was started out as like a royal blue at the top, and then by the end of it, it was like a mint green. Ooh. So I'm going to be cute at the gym, which is nice, you know? Okay. 
give a little a little color and a little body. My fine J I M at the G Y M. But aside from the leggings and the cute summer dresses, they also have denim, denim, and more denim. Mod Cloth's exclusive collab with Wrangler is all about 70s nostalgia. So you rock a pair of flares or a top with fun embroidered details, and don't forget that perfect swimsuit. One piece or two, it's completely up to you. Are you guys going to hit the public pool this summer? Uh yeah, that's oh, been shit. the whole point of all this goddamn work we've been Ooh, doing. True. I'ma prance around once or twice. Not prance. <laughs> it's the pool. It might be hot. You know, you gotta tiptoe around. It makes it funny because of the straw with the. Dress. Uh, okay, look, I'm already at the beach chair. You Mood. See me? <laughs> right. Prance. Find a variety of styles in a full size range to get 15 percent off of your purchase of 100 dollars or more. Go to modcloth.com and enter code. Friend zone at checkout. Hurry, because this offer expires on September 1st. You actually have a lot of time. Okay. That's modcloth.com. Enter code friendzone at checkout for 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. I'm going to use that. I'm going to okay. use our own code. <laughs> 15% off of $100 okay. or more. That's at least $15. That's an accessory or a shirt or something. That's okay. a good dollar. Le- $85. Already. See? Y'all, the leggings I bought were $11. So Ooh, another pair of leggings. 15% off mm. of that. You do that, man. <laughs> have fun, y'all. Yeah, so let's move on to this week's wellness segment. Mm-hmm. No. Wellness, <laughs> wellness. I ain't gonna do that. Yes, you is. Go ahead. You got it in you. Right. Um, I'm looking for. See, I ended up on the Wack Bay. Okay. So <laughs> back on Wack Bay. What a name. I love it. He feels guilty. At least it ain't Friendster. <laughs> so on SoundCloud, uh, post Pluto said. There is a history of twerking being extremely important for emotional health for indigenous cultures, especially African and Caribbean peoples, in particularly for healing communal traumas, lifting stagnated energy from the sacral chakra, from the sacral chakra, literally shaking it the fuck up out your aura, as well as grounding your center of gravity with Mama Earth. So watch out for the, wow, this last line. So watch out for that white devil trying to convince you it's just whole shit. <laughs> I mean, but a lot of people were really <laughs> happy to hear about um, twerking being good for spinal health. I know you guys think I was kidding, <laughs> but I actually wasn't um, because I've been dealing with, I mentioned before, I've been dealing with some inflammation um, at the base of my spine. Yes. And the dancing isn't just, it is fun, but it's also just like post Pluto said, it's moving that stagnated energy um, from the base of your spine while dancing. It has emotional, spiritual, and physical benefits mm. because think mm. of a lot of us have sedentary lifestyles. Yeah. Most of us are sitting for most of the day. Even if you don't have an office job, think about it. You're still sitting for most of the day. Most That's why it's like most to go people. out on the weekends. Yeah, you know, and move and dance. And people are bringing up Zumba. Zumba's great. Don't get me wrong. But the reason that I think for me, I, I would suggest dancing in your house is because it's more intuitive. Where Zumba is choreographed. It's a trainer telling you dance. Like, you know, do this step, do this step. Um, But I think when you move intuitively, you're almost feeling into your body on, like, which parts need to be kind of shaken out. You know what I mean? So it's more so you. Like, when I'm in my house, I'll feel, like, my my lower back, my 
thighs, even like my arms, like all those things. And like, I'm going to move them according to what my body is saying needs to be moved. And so there's more of an intuitive aspect of it that I think is important. Why are you smiling? Because I'm th- you're talking about it's intuitive. It's like, you know, when the beat go, like whether you know when to drop it low or, you know, bring it up slow you or know, to hold it. Your body tells you. <laughs> That's and, right. And you might think you're just being a choreographer in your head, but it's but really it's, your body right. saying, shake like, this okay, out, shake I, that out. It's spiritual. <laughs> Look, I hear Chris speaking Cross. of spiritual. <laughs> hands on your knees. Hands on your knees. <laughs> speaking of it being a spiritual, you know, uh, direction mm-hmm. for your body movement, all I hear is Ianla Van Zandt <laughs> saying, pop word. my butt, pop, pop my butt. <laughs> That's what I hear. The word. And even though the science... Um, the funny thing about science is that it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> All the youngins are not gonna catch that. But the old ones <laughs> The thing about science is that it's starting to catch up to a lot of spiritual studies. Yes. And it's always funny, like now you're seeing um the like a lot of magazines and studies and medical journals that are coming into a lot of the things that spiritual people have been saying for years, like years. Eastern medicine, Western medicine. And, you know, you gotta just got to take it because a lot of people are always like, well, what's your source? Where are your sources? And it's like, there's some things that have been handed down to us from our ancestors that don't necessarily have a medical journal that I can source. You know what I mean? But I'm mm-hmm. still going to weigh it on what feels like it makes sense from what I've tried. And I think what, I, what I've what i read, there are a lot of spiritual connections to the parts of your body that might feel tight or sore or hurt. For me, I've always had lower back problems. And when you look up in spiritual different spiritual books, they connect that to your fear of like your physiological needs not being met, mm. um, your root chakra issues, which has to do with like home. Maybe you're stressed about rent every month. Mm. You know, maybe groceries, like, you may have them, but it's always that, like, last minute, like, whoo, you know, like, just made it. Or you may have months where you didn't just make it. Issues with your parents not um, holding you down emotionally, not holding you down uh, as far as, like, keeping you feeling safe and grounded. Like, you have, you know, think of your lower back. That's where you hold all of your stress and pressure and not having someone to kind of make you feel like you're okay and going to be okay. So it's a lot of spiritual aspects to a lot of the pains in your body. And I think people, I wish people would look up and do their research as opposed to just thinking, oh, this little ache, you know, like in my toe or my arm or my back and actually start looking at what the emotional aspects of those pains, where they come from, which is why I suggest dancing on your own with your friends in your house over a Zumba because you the thing about intuition is that it's very precise. Whether you choose it will to pay lead you in the right direction. Whether you choose to pay attention to it or not is up to you, you know, and your distractions, but it never leads you wrong. And that's why I think dancing around your house is just so good, you guys, because it literally will be your body. Your body is smart. It it'll tell you to move your leg a certain way, your lower back. And so that's why I just wanted to kind of highlight that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because I think when people were like, oh, yeah, I take Zumba. And it's like, that's not really what my wellness segment was. Yeah. Yes, uh, dancing is incredible cardio. You take Zumba, I think it's great. I've done it a couple of times. 
but it's more so about being in tune with your body and making um, working out not just this thing of like I need to run three miles or I need to lose 20 pounds but also like the connection to your body are you paying attention to the little aches are you intuitively catering to them so I saw someone ask one of my friends this week like I've been feeling so lazy and Haz or Miriam, she goes mm-hmm. by Miriam online. She told her, "Stop using well, no, stop using the word lazy. Mm. You're already adding the pressure to it yourself. You know what I mean? As opposed to listening to your body is clearly telling you to lay the fuck down, <laughs> to rest, to catch up with Let yourself. Down. You know, so just being uh, more aware of what your body's saying to you. And because of that, I, uh, the last thing is that I'm going to put out the Spotify playlist of my, my drummer boy mm-hmm, Afrobeat mm-hmm, songs. Mm-hmm. I was telling some people on Twitter I was going to do that, and they were like, oh, my God, is this a collab with Spotify again? I'm like, no, that that contract was just for those two that I put out. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Um, but this one is just me putting it out from my personal account. And so by the time you guys hear this episode, if you are on SoundCloud, it'll be underneath, uh, I guess, the information box. Or I'll tweet it, too, because people were asking, like, well, what are the, the Afrobeat songs that you're actually dancing to? Because they right. wanted to kind of get some uh, inspiration. So I'll be putting that out for you guys so you can dance around in your house. Oh, shit. Yeah, because I want you guys to actually enjoy it. So that's it. Just something I wanted to put out there. Awesome. And well, I can't wait to shake my ass to some <laughs> Afrobeats. And more so, not really an ass shake. It'll be more so like a hip roll and drop ground. <laughs> I think that would be more, you know, of a descriptive choice of words. Do you listen to Afro beats? Um, I don't, but no. I have an Afro, and I damn sure can ride the beat. <laughs> well, you know, well, I've had an Afro. Point is, <laughs> I got the hair to make one. May not be on my head, but I had right. the hair to make one. And well, so, you got to listen to it. Well, I will, oh. because some of the songs, now you tweeted the other day, um, one of the songs that were that was your, one of your Afro beat songs that you've been jamming to lately, mm-hmm. I can't remember the artist or the title, yeah. but I did push click the link and it was jamming. Oh yeah, yes. I, I don't remember. Was. It was like a it's, even if I say it, it's not gonna probably matter. "Love Struck" by Tiwa and Mr. Easy. That's the one I've been I've had like on repeat for. What color now. is the artwork for that? It's multicolored. It's like super color. It almost looks like a mural. Oh, okay. Maybe that one? I don't know, but whatever it was, because, yeah. you know, it may have been a little hazy, but whatever <laughs> it was, when I tell you it was the jam, it was the jam. Yeah. And plus, I like, I don't know, I like finding the common thread of, like, a bass line that I enjoy in any kind of music. You right. know, it's been country music that's made me want to, you know, slow grind. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So it just depends on what it is and if the music connects with me. So there are Afrobeat songs that I like, and I would love to know more. Who wouldn't want to know more? Yeah, and obviously, it's um, my playlist is on Spotify because that's the streaming service that I use. Right. But if you're on Apple Music or Tidal, just click the Spotify link. It won't let you listen, obviously, mm-hmm. but you can just copy the songs right. and make your own playlist on whatever streaming service you're on. And, of course, I'll keep adding to it because I keep learning about new songs. The other day, I tweeted a couple. Mm-hmm. I think I tweeted like my top five Afrobeat songs, and then underneath that, people were literally threading like all these other songs and put me onto a ton of music from Nigeria, from South Africa. The which, real shit. Yeah, which was dope because I yeah. love it when people who actually live there can put me onto local artists. I'm never offended by that. Some people will be offended. No, when I love it. Are I'm like, like please. No, you need to hear this one. I'm like, ooh, I need to hear that one. Yeah, like, I want to know. Especially with music. I'm yeah. like, please put me on. I don't mind 
find the well actually tweets when it comes to music. Exactly. Let me know. Please right? check me. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> I'll keep adding to that playlist for you guys as as I keep like learning and hearing about new artists. And of course, those of you who listen to Afrobeat, keep putting me on. You can leave uh, comments on the SoundCloud if there's a song you think I need to hear or add, and I'll I'll listen through all those suggestions. And that's it for this week's wellness. Just right. body movement and music. That's body right. Movement. Getting in tune with your emotions. Yes. Why do you want to shake your ass? <laughs> Figure it out. And and honestly, do your research. Next time you have an ache, uh, obviously do something about the ache, but also do look up the spiritual meaning. That's what I do. Spiritual meaning of, and then write where your ache is coming from, and you will be very surprised later when you'll see the connection. Or you'll see it immediately and be like, wow. Wow, I know exactly why this is happening. Damn. You were talking so much about moving your body and listening to it a then second you had ago. To use the I did. I was sitting up here thinking she will not stop talking about being in tune with your body. My body's like, well, you know what time it is. I was like, well, I have to go. I have to listen to it. Fran told me to. <laughs> and speaking of movement and music, that's the perfect segue into Mr. Music Man. What you got for us this week? Uh, well, as we begin, since you were talking about Afrobeat, have you ever heard of Toby? Uh, I'm gonna mess this up. Nwigwe. You, I think you mentioned. Yeah, he has a song called Fuego, and I heard it a while back. But somebody was asking me if I heard it, and I was like, "Yeah, he got this song called Fuego." Yeah. So you, d- so definitely recheck him out or bring him back up because he has some really cool cover projects. He has a project called The Originals, which I've been listening to, which was really dope. But then I started listening to Jay Z and Beyonce, so everything else kind of became irrelevant. But we'll come back to that part when we do the listens lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be dark for too long, but because of the <laughs> recent. Um, uh, R.I.P. XXX Tentacion. Because of the, that happening, I was at a friend's house and there was a young woman. She was 20 years old. And Triple uh, X was 20, I believe, as well. Yeah. And I just thought that it was important to say something because I am one of those people that I be feeling artists so hard that if something like that happened, like, it would fuck with me, too. You know, early in the show, I said R.I.P. to, like, Shawty Low, Bankroll Fresh. Like, these are people that were influencing me when I was in high school. Yeah. Like, I was 17, 16, something, maybe even 18 years old, playing these songs on the way <coughs> to and from school, like getting all of my life in to be an adult and, you know, hear them die or get murdered or anything bad happening to them, like it takes me down a little bit. So for me, Triple X, even though he did some shit to some other people, somebody tweeted, you know, RIP to him, sorry that he didn't get to right some of his wrongs or even, you know, grow and learn more about life. And I think that it is fucked up to that he did not have a chance to do that. With that said, um, there were a lot of artists that passed away, so I wanted to just kind of like have a moment to maybe talk about a few. Um, anyone from like Amy Winehouse who has some good music. Like I just want to like sit and talk about like some good ass music, some good ass artists. A lot of people died young, but it can be anybody. We can even talk about like you know Whitney Houston. I be missing Nippy every day. <laughs> um, so that's just kind of what I wanted to do. We were actually outside and um, they were playing in TV channel, um, Lincoln Park. And that's, oh yeah, and Chester, yes, that whole thing, especially with the Carters coming out, I'll never forget. Uh, I was already a Lincoln Park fan when they first came out, but when they did that mashup with uh, Jay Z for MT for MTV, you know, back when MTV was the shit. Um, when they did that mashup, and it was like I want to say four or five tracks, and it was them going back and forth because uh, I want to say Lincoln Park is a rap metal band, if you will. So it only made sense for a rap metal band to like pair up with somebody and do hip hop. And make like bomb ass music. So I just wanted to say Chester, like, you know, he was the singer of the group. So, like, you know, there was the other dude that rapped and, you know, he was rapping up against Jay Z. 
But what really made the experience so hot for me was the fact that it was like Jay-Z rapping. And then it was Chester with his like rock metal emo voice, you know, singing his ass off. So I wanted to have like this moment because the girl last night, she really made me sad. Like I actually had to tell her to log off. Like I was like, I know it's really messed up right now, everything that's going on. But, you know, just log off, take a little break, you know, come back in the morning because I could see how much it hurt her. But when you lose an artist, it does hurt. <laughs> it does. Of course. I remember Aaliyah. Oh, like, I remember the day, like, I remember the car I was in, uh, we were listening to the radio, and music was playing, obviously, and they, like, cut the music to announce it, and I remember the person I was with, we just, like, had to pull over and sit there in the car for a while, like, this is not, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck, especially here, she was so young, so sweet, such a, uh such a breakthrough artist. She yeah. really, like, she didn't look like anyone. She didn't dress like anyone, you know? Yeah. She, Music all of us dope, looked like, all dope. of us wanted to be her. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, we still all dress like Aaliyah. Yeah. It was insane. I was in Detroit when she died. And I remember being where I was and hearing the radio, you know, announcing that she died. Yeah. And everybody, like, broke out. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Was it was messed bad. up. The and whole that, block she was, was crying. Then that, let alone the fact that that album was like incredible. The yes. Aaliyah, that self titled album. Oh, yeah. You know, she passed away and on the set of Rock the Boat. More Than a Woman. Remember the More Than a Woman. And We Need a Resolution. Mm-hmm. Like, we needed, I used to love, well, still do, but like at the time, We Need a Resolution. I had never heard anything like that before. And she was, Aaliyah was so cool. Right? That's what it like, was. She had that yes. cool. that it factor. So yeah, it's it's sad. You know that was sad when Aaliyah she was died. even everything to me. like you know all of the things that speak to me as an adult. You remember like the whole anime thing. Aaliyah had that like cartoon of her for like the More Than a Woman project. The A with the little dot in there. Yeah, <sighs> little things like that. <laughs> it's whatever was my favorite. Man, song. yes. She's then so she had a song called John Blaze. That was my shit. I, that's. If you're an Aaliyah fan and you remember John Blaze, <laughs> I remember driving to school in high school, like blasting that. And met, yeah, I remember listening to randomly to uh, Erica Kane. That was one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. Erica Kane. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that the streaming services don't have her music. I mean, yeah. I get that it's her uncle, or something with um mm-hmm. the label, and yeah, there's a lot he's of family like stuff the going rights. on. Yeah, but I'm like, oh come on, just release the music. I'll tell you this: if Columbia House want to make their music back, they'll sell me a, a one Aaliyah CD for one cent, and I'll buy. You remember they used to do them seven or twelve yeah, CDs? Yeah, Columbia I w- House. <laughs> I will buy the Aaliyah's hard copies just to have them. Baby, your name will change every week. Man, <laughs> you be getting <laughs> new subscription every week. This week, my grandmama name. <laughs> That's that me off. with title. What about um? You remember Left Eye, when that happened? Yeah, she she had. I don't, I don't like, know. I can't remember when it happened. Like mm-hmm. I don't remember where I was or mm-hmm. what year was it. I don't remember, but I do remember being young and it, it was um because she got in that car accident in Honduras. In yeah. Honduras. And I remember she random like this is like random side stuff. I remember she had like a a CD or album that she was coming out with, or and it maybe it came out in the UK. It didn't come out here. Because I used to have my mini disc player, and this was like how peer to peer sharing was really starting. And I just like found this project <laughs> because, because yeah, Left Eye was gone. So I was like, damn, like what the hell? I just downloaded this project because I remember wanting to buy it off of like 
not Amazon. It was like CD Baby or CD Universe or some shit. CD Baby. And they were trying to ask me for an outrageous amount for this because it was an import. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I'm sitting there thinking, like, how am I going to get this so shit? Funny. But for all the left out fans out there, she had this song called Block Party. And it was like, it was to me what Little Mama was starting to become. So like when they show Little Mama being left eye, and I think like it fits and it works, and I give her a pr- I give her a praise to it. It's because Black Party was like one of those things. I'm I'm sure Little Mama might not have even seen, but it just reminded me like you do embody the spirit of what like Left Eye would have wanted, what she wants to do. But I remember being in school and like uh, with the Aaliyah thing, I broke that on the school news. So with Left Eye, I remember we had like the school thing where I got to speak on the PA sometimes. And I remember I got to like share some words. Like a couple of different people like just gave in letters and they like wore eye patches the whole day. It was Aww. Atlanta was just a really different vibe. And people got in trouble for wearing the condom eye patch. Not the con- Yes. I just remember being shocked because she was in Honduras working with Dr. Sabi, who was yes. someone that I, you know, once I got into my health kick, that was like. He was. I never had the opportunity, unfortunately, because he passed as well, to meet him or work with him. But he was goals for me. Like I studied him so hard, studied his. Uh, he had these grocery lists that he used to put on his site. Mm-hmm. I, I bought all that. his herbs, oils for the scalp, salves, like you name it. Um, and the person I was with at the time, like, taught me so much through Doctor Savy's teachings. So to know that she was a student of his really made me see her differently. You know, like I was like, oh shit, like Left Eye knows what's going on. Um, and then unfortunately to hear that she passed that way, it was just like, whoa. April 25th, 2002. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. That music project was under a different name. She wasn't Left Eye, right? I don't remember. It was a different name. I it was a the- rap project. And she was a different name as a as a solo rapper. It wasn't under Left Eye. Mm, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It was a different name. It wasn't import. And I remember the songs were incredible. And she had some stuff cooking that she was gonna come up with. Here they in never the US. released that. No. Well, I remember I watching. Why. I remember watching the Block Party video, and it was like something like futuristic, and it was real <laughs> dancey, and it was real. Cause I remember her being like, "Oh, he wanna dance with her, so come on, come on." Like it was something like real, like wavy and nice. Yeah. And I think that's like later on, it, it kind of felt like what Outcast was doing with Sleepy Brown. I need to go get the database. <laughs> now I'm just wondering. And then Amy Winehouse, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Her documentary, I watched it on the flight. Bad idea. Bad <laughs> idea. I was it, in shambles. The, the lady next to me, I think it was the lady or dude, I don't remember. They were just like, are you okay? <laughs> I gotta stop watching movies on flights. I'd be so emo. <laughs> I told you to start taking your ass to sleep. Man. I can't. It's so I hard wish. for me. I, I remember I went to sleep on the flight and I turned back to see and it was like everybody was asleep but Frank. <laughs> I was like, damn. She's I don't know why it's so hard for me, but I need to stop watching because Coco had me crying. Oh no! From the- West WV, she got a thing out. <laughs> what happened? No, and then um, what's that singer? There's a white singer. Oh, it's not gonna come to me. There was another doc that I watched on the plane and had me Darius and, and I didn't know. <laughs> Remember when we call it Blue Booty and the Whole Fish? Remember when I met yeah. you? <laughs> oh gosh. There were so many docs I watched that had me in tears. Why are you watching these sad docs? <laughs> Bro, yeah, you I can't I like do that. Bad. Right. The air's already thin up there, girl. Shit. <laughs> You can't be sniffing that, that kind of elevation. <laughs> you got to let it go, friend. Oh, 
Okay. Oh, Janis Joplin. Ooh. Oh, yes. That's who it was. Like I'm it. like, mm. it was her documentary that I watched on a Delta flight had me crying. So she was hard. ill, too. She was not ill like someone's wrong with her. No, I mean, she was yeah. like dope. Right. Yeah. Like that voice. Yeah. And, and what I didn't know was she was like really sad. Like really sad. Like the whole time, her whole life from birth to end. And apparently someone had, this is the sad part, someone that she was like really in love with, and I think she kind of was up in the air on whether they loved her back, they had left a note and reception had it and didn't get it to her, and she had died like the night before reception went to give it to her the next morning. Like a beautiful note like about how much they loved her. She didn't even get the opportunity to be back. Yo, I was done. I want you to come on, yes. come on, I was crying. I was like, I can't wait. She didn't read it. <laughs> I love that song. <sighs> Anyways. Poor Janis well. Joplin. I know. I just wanted to go back to Left Eye really quick because I had to look. The project that I'm talking about is called Supernova. Mm-hmm. And had, oh, yeah. I remember Yeah, so Supernova was the one where she was working on her solo after the fan mail tour. Mm-hmm. And so on that tra- on that album, she was talking about the stuff that happened with, like, uh, Andre, <clears throat> the football player she was seeing, you know, when she burned all his shit. Burning um, down the house! <laughs> and also, she had a duet with Tupac on one of the what? cash of unreleased songs done prior to his murder in 96. So she'd been working on, like, a bunch of shit, like, into like working for that album. So that was the album that was happening and then she had another one called Nina and that one was um New Identity Not Applicable. That was the one where she was supposed that's to be working with with Suge mm-hmm. Knight. So yes. That's what I was thinking about. Oh wow. Yeah, so Left I was doing some other fucking things. Is the Nina album out? Like we can listen to it or no? It says that Death Row Records still had plans to complete and release the album, but the album was canceled for unknown reasons. In 2011, some of the tracks from the album were uploaded onto YouTube featuring artists from The Row Records. Mm. But Lopez's unreleased songs were also sampled by... Right. And also, um, they were sampled by TLC's album, uh, their fourth album, 3D, after she died. Two Street for TV was released on the soundtrack to also the 2003 film Dysfunctional Family. Real quick, since this is the music segment and you yes. just brought up TLC 3D. Yes. The intro on that album makes me emotional. <laughs> really? Yes. It's like like the thing, like it's an ode to friendship. Aww. Like if you listen to the lyrics to the intro of TLC 3D, you'll understand exactly what I mean. And you think about people you've been friends with. Like, it just makes you emotional. Oh. So the intro, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it's album. It's like fast-paced, like dancey. I didn't dancey. listen to the project. I, I remember listening to it. To That's the one that had, like, the holographic cover. Mm-hmm. 3D. Because, <laughs> you know, it was, and it was an emotional album because, you know, Left Out was gone. Right. So I remember, like, I remember exactly what you're talking about with this intro. And then, like, they had, like, the robot speaking on some of the shit. And it was just, like, a really, like, weird feeling because... You know, it always been three of them. And so, like, now to know that one is gone and the two of them are left to carry this legacy was hard. So here's the lyrics to that, right? Here's some of the lyrics. It says, it says, I'll never let you, f- oh, shit, sorry, Siri. It says, I'll never let you forget me. Just know I'm the best girl you've ever seen. Just when you think you never see me, I will be. I can bring it to you in 3D. I know I've always been down. No matter who else was around, those crazy things we've been through will always make me love you. Like, it's just like a really, and the melody, I don't know, it just gets me. And, I gotta hear and also another random known fact. Mic. On um the 3D album, there's a track called Give It To Me While It's Hot. 
and it samples Left Eye's song from Supernova Friends. Oh. <laughs> right? I Which was shady. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Which was love. I had to do my homework then. Yeah. So, yes. You know, I know it's probably depressing for those of you that were fans of the Triple X, and then some of you are probably laughing and feeling like, you know, the nigga deserved what he deserved. But at the end of the day, he made an impact in people's lives. And for those people, there have been people that impacted my lives that are gone now, too, or impact, impacted my life. I was going to say impacted my lives because, you know, B&J gave me nine lives like the cat with that new album, but we'll come back to that in just a moment with the listens lately. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to spotlight people that are gone that were amazing. You know, we've had a lot of great people go. I know. Whitney was hard. Whitney was super hard. I remember them trying to air that damn funeral on CNN at my job I was working at. And I was like, y'all cannot play this. Michael Jackson. Ooh. That I remember, because I remember on being on Twitter that day and it was like a thing of like I think TMZ broke the news and then people were like wait it hasn't been because TMZ still wasn't like legitimate yeah so it was kind of like do we listen to this or not because that's like media takeout saying someone died you know and at the time rather because they weren't as right now we go to TMZ first yeah now they really do break news but at the time they weren't that popping, and but they had it. They said it first, and I remember being on Twitter waiting for it to be confirmed mm-hmm. by the news, and that was fucking weird. It was like what? Yeah, that's always hard. So yes, the appreciation corner for those here and gone. The appreciation. Corner. <laughs> yes. With that said, oh, and also because we talked so much about left eye, and we talking about the uh, the the uh, hashtag for this week is I'm good. R.I.P. to Natina. Natina was oh, one of the members yeah. from Black, and she was boom, left eyes. Boom, baby, boom, baby. <laughs> Circles like a figure eight. Circles like a figure eight. Oh, yeah. Feels good from head to toe. Fucking baby, let me know. So come on, baby, here we go. Boom, ooh, baby, boom, baby, boom. And I'll be going, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh. <laughs> Can't nobody stagger like me, pop like me, what like me. Yeah, kept this original plan to get large and map. <laughs> Dance. Bizatch. Like, she, I was like, what black, is she black saying? Some shit in the 808 Cutie was pie, the jam. honey, bunch. If you're not busy, take me to lunch. I was like, all right, Natina. Speaking of three bomb girls, guess who's coming back out? Who? Well, I don't know if it's a tour or an album. I just saw that they are coming back out. Who? 702. Hallelujah. What? Where are my girls at? Hey, and, and also, I still you know love you. How I love Stilo. Can I the, get the cousin Skeeter song. And I dig the way you move and the way you do your thing. Baby, we can get can sing it this that was a way. Song, My shit was I Still Love Skeeter You. Skeeter is the one for me. Did you ever Skeeter. watch that show, Cousin Skeeter, with the puppet on Nickelodeon? Yes. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, why is this the theme song? <laughs> Wait, what's the one you said? I Still Love You? Mm-hmm. How did that go again? You know what? This is the music segment. And right? it's actually so great of a song that it's worth finding. So I'm getting ready to look it up right now. It's only going to take me like two seconds. What was the other one? Let's Stay Together. Let's Stay Together. It was like a ballad. Ooh. How'd that go? 702? Oh, I do remember this. Hood. Classic. 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 That beat was legendary. That beat was legend for a minute. 
gotta let it ride. Let it ride. Let it ride. Please don't sue us, y'all. Y'all just got back together. Don't take the episode, Everybody needs someone by their side. Oh, hell yeah. And I can't go on without you. Y'all gotta do that. There you go. There you go. I decided. Okay, so like, yeah, like, oh, it was get it together, get it together. Oh, that was the jam. Oh, yes. That was the jam. Together. Oh, <laughs> Shout out to Mila from 702, who's been singing her ass off for years, by the way. Music Soul Child's baby mama. Yes. <laughs> Shout Which out I to think Mila. is so cute. R&B yes. Divas alum. I guess now we can move right on into the listens lately portion. What have you guys been listening to? Um, Aaron Ray. Mm. Oh yes, yes. Oh yes. I went you back to new? Um, or Platinum no. Fire. You finally get that Platinum Fire some fire. I've been listening to it on and off of it. You know how sometimes the album will just it needs sit to, differently. It needs to sit at different seasons. That's right. why I like release is important. But yes. Go ahead, And for whatever reason, I went back to it, and I started playing it. Because it's hot now, so Platinum Fire, you can enjoy. But also, this record for the summer, hold on, and he's on tour with Sir. He said I get an old school ride for the summer. He got a few bops on there. I love it. Yo, he's so tight. He got and a, he, he got, writes all of this stuff. He got a few bops on there. A few, with or without. We ain't <coughs> homies. Um, hit yeah, that, me up with That was the one major. that you put me on when you said we ain't homies. And then they re-released it with YG and like mm-hmm. dropped his whole shit. Like yeah. Well, mm-hmm. can I just say YG's line kills me every time I hear it where he goes I I got white friends now what is it I'm popping <laughs> <laughs> he always say shit like that like, what are you talking <laughs> he makes sure he keep him one clean ass whole ass line <laughs> that line takes me down every time it comes on but, I love um, YG's music low key since we going on tangents today let me no, do this yeah. one I love YG's music ever since tooted and booted I'll never forget I was in a club shout out to the Woodward in Detroit I was in the wood. Why is he so like effortlessly cool? Too. He is, and the mute those beats, those West Coast beats, they just resonate with me. I love it. Um, Masego. Yeah. Masego released. Mr. Trap you know he's himself. Jazz Bay. He uh, released a record called Lady Lady, mm-hmm. and it is so pretty. You guys, hold on. I just, I oops, just you got to give the Jazz Brothers. I some love Masego. He has a project with somebody called Medicine. He spells it M-E-D-A-S-I-N. Listen to this. Ooh, and the saxophone. Okay, so 
He's just. I'm telling you, I have loved Masego. That's a that's a summer song, okay. He has a he has a project called the Pink Polo EP, and I've yes. listened to it. I feel like every year, like it's timeless. Like it just goes off. He's a dope ass dude. Masego, I want to meet him, and I love him because he really is a jazz kid. Yes, he ain't know? trying to change and do none of that no, extra shit. He knows what feels good. He's not trying to be nothing. He's just doing his jazz shit, writing his love songs, and I think he's so dope. Um, who else? I've been listening to the J Rock uh, yes. Redemption album, which was really dope. Win, 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 win. <laughs> win, 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 win. Um, there's an artist named Ray. Uh, have you ever heard of her? She spells it R A Y E. She has a song called Confidence. I heard of Lisa Ray. <laughs> but I know this ain't her song. <laughs> Is the album cover all white? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hold on. She has a song. I'm that's actually that's the remix. She has a song called Confidence. You gonna you like Ray? Listen to her tone. Ray. Because she does a mix of R&B with Afrobeat. Holla at me. And Look, it sounds I, I, really cute. You know why you're going to love Ray? She has a good tone for she it. She has a song with Steflon Don, who is like, Done. I've been obsessed That's with her. So... <laughs> I've been obsessed with Steflon Don. And like, <laughs> and she's been popping up and appearing on like everybody's thing. And so like, I always like go to see like, what did Steflon Don release? And she has a song with Ray and somebody, and Mabel. And I was like, oh my God. Mabel? Do you know who Mabel is? Ray and them grandmama, probably. No, you're gonna like the song though. I'll just let you, I'll leave it there. <laughs> I ain't never met no Mabel that um, wasn't here for the marches back in the day. The original Selma. Um <laughs> Four Ave and M. Okay. Did you listen to the Georgia Smith album? Yes. I did. What'd you think? I Lost love and it. Found. And I think she's dope. She's amazing. I'm with it. I it really, rides. I really, I still really have to fuck sit with her. With it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't connect, but I got to sit with it because I do like her as an artist. Um, and then lastly, Lewis York. Mm-mm. Shout out to my brothers, Claude no, Kelly and Chuck regrets. Harmony and the Shindellas. Yes. They have a new pro- a new song called No Regrets Which featuring the Shindellas. And it is, doesn't it remind you of old school um, Michael Jackson? Absolutely. Yes. Like, First of all, the cover. Can we get into the cover art real quick? Can we quick? get into that visual where it was like the puppet and Claw was kind of like. He know. I was he like, know, who did that? That's know, a good ass job. <coughs> Shout out to Chuck for this I production. Love. He literally can make any genre of music. Listen to Claw singing ass. Sounded like Sting. <laughs> like you want to drive the shit out of a car. Right. <laughs> hop in. No regrets. Lewis York in the Slide Shindellas. over the hood and hop in. <laughs> That's it for me on Listens Lately. What about you, Dustin? What you been letting into? What been playing on and not playing the play and the thing? It's a song called JJ or Hey, I don't know. J E J E by Falls, F A L Z, and it's world music since that's the tip we on. Mm, you got Bust This. I heard it at a club Bust and I was it. like, Shazam! <laughs> so hold on. Hey, I'm so. What is this magic? I need that magic. 
molasses. This your got to be like you did practice. Hold on. You be ruthless. I did triple. Now you be too fresh. All the moves in the bus, not China. Yeah, yeah. Wait, who is this? J E J. Falls is the name of the artist. F A L Z. Oh shit! Okay, so Gigi. 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 that's my jam. Um, I want to give a shout hey. out to the girl La Britney, who I put Fran Sante and our tour manager on when this we weekend. Were in the car, I was like, "Who is La Britney, Dustin?" Because it came up on the screen. Shout out to La Britney, baby. Let me just get to the chorus because that's the best part of this song. Tell them. <laughs> now, that's one time for the hood. Shout out to the Britney. That's one yes. time for the hood. Um, besides that, you know, I had a personal struggle. Also, I want to give an honorable mention to the Promise remix by Jagged Edge featuring Loon. You what? know, just a just a Come classic. On, oh, I thought you meant they came back out with a new remix. I was no. like, what? Them niggas is still down in the studio trying to make tracks. Girl, at home all over my back. You know, that was the jab. Anyway, shout out to them. Um, I also want to give a shout out to, I listened to Nas's album. Now, let me be clear about something. I know who produced it. (laughs) I want to say this because, see, I feel like I didn't pay my dues. Paid my dues. I feel like I didn't pay my dues as a rap music fan. I have waited a whole lifetime for this. The argument has always been that Nas picked shitty production. When we when it was announced that Nas was going to put out an album entirely produced by Kanye West, it was a hip-hop fan's dream come true. Like, I, I literally, my body was ready. Yeah. Then enter Kanye West, his stupid comments that he made and the, the way that he showed his true face. And now, like, I don't really listen to his music anymore. I haven't listened to his new album. Unfortunately, Kids See Ghosts is falling by the wayside. Uh, I know he produced this album. Well, I listened to Kids See Ghosts. I did not. See, I didn't listen. So I, did not. I want to and so I bad, to. but I haven't. I've waited my whole life, friend, but I just cannot stomach I totally voice. respect that. I can't yeah. even be mad. And I, it's personal for everybody. And I respect everybody. you for listening because yeah. I really, I, I need you to tell me what's happening. It's good. And there's a difference between kids see ghosts and yay. So I, you know, whatever. Yeah. But but I I just for me like I just I'm not interested in hearing his voice right now. However, Nas's album is amazing. I didn't listen yet. I did. It's amazing. In fact, we were listening to it backstage with um, Jesse and oh, Rome and yeah. from Dormtainment. We were jamming like it's just great. So as a hip hop fan, like you know, right? I can enjoy it. There's a part of me that's just like, God, he even ruined this great moment. But, you know, it is what it is. I just want to say that Simple Things by Nas is one of the most beautiful songs that I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, you did And my career that. of listening to rap music. And as soon as the, the beat started, I just, I was working out in a hotel it. gym in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, like, like from beginning to end, the album's amazing. But Simple Things really... Struck a chord with me, which I listen again. When you play me that snippet, yeah, I, think I get it. And you know, simple things for some reason, songs called Simple Things are just winning for me because Simple Things by Miguel, again, one of my all time favorite songs, and that's fairly new. So, for these two songs to be new and me to be as old as I am, I'm older than a hill. You know, a hill been around because the land and piled on top, and some of the other side then fell off. So, a hill has been here. Oh I'm God. older than a hill, and the fact that I'm still hearing new music that I can immediately say, okay, this is a forever song. That's how you know it's good. So 
Speaking of Miguel, yeah, he has a tour called the Ascension Tour. <laughs> How fitting! Because guess, guess what I'm gonna be doing in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> guess who's the opening act? <clears throat> Division. <laughs> we talking about these dream come true musical yes. moments, you know. I have to be at that show. Oh well, yes. we are gonna be there because guess what? Your guess what? Oh, at Afro Punk. Bingo! That's the tour stop. <gasps> I looked at the calendar. I was wondering that because it did say August twenty fifth, and I was like, wait, does that mean Afro Punk is Brooklyn My stupid tour ass! Style? I immediately jumping into emotions. I was like, oh no, that's Afro Punk. Then I was like, wait, that might mean it. Oh my God, it's gonna be Afro Punk. So we already I'm going. I'm so we excited. In there, like swimwear, right? And nonchalant uh, savant, which is his brother. I'm assuming he's the opening act. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. division, so that's a really great tour because his brother is super talented, and he also has a song with Gold Link called "Got Friends," and it's super good. And Gold Link has a song with Christina Aguilera. Did you listen to her new project? I did not. I saw her face <laughs> on the cover, looking at me like something was wrong. I'm like, ah, oh, that can't. I like I Christina, know. but I don't need what she's doing. I and I and mind I you, totally she, feel she's making the some singles have been the all first single was trash. But you know what? The songs I sound good. They sound good. They sound great. But it's like Christina. I couldn't why, follow the beat on the like, first song. Why don't you just start a late? Like you already on one of them shows where you can pick artists and make them something. Why not shop this to one of your artists and like make bang? Like why are you doing this? I feel you, but I will say. Go on, go on, Give me. the album a chance mm-hmm. and listen to Like I Do with Gold Link. Okay. Just listen to that one track. Because that's the one that I was like, okay, okay, okay. We all know. <laughs> listen, I've been I've been down with Christina since Genie in a Bottle to this oh day. God, I love that what? song. Well, you've been down with her since before that. You was reflecting with her. Reflections and moving No, on. I got on board <laughs> at Genie in a Bottle. Like, for me, Genie in a Bottle, when I heard that song, oh, I was like. I remember the video with the orange pants. Yes, and the bead. The blue beaded fringe thing over her tank top. You know, I tried to redo that outfit. That was an amazing song. (laughs) It used to really make you think about who you liked and shit. And like, you know. Yeah. That's when I got on. Baby, there's a price to pay. I'm a genie in a bottle. Gotta love you the right way. Gotta All rub me is. the right way too, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what she means. All I know is Reflections came out and she was like, look at me. My and then they had the nerve to come out with the Spanish version. Oh my God. Baby. Reflexiones. <laughs> no, that was probably racist. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Reflexiones, you're actually right <laughs> look, I, look, I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. After I said it, I was like, ooh, this might feel wrong. I'm not entirely sure. Well, well my... <laughs> <laughs> but yes, okay. So for my listeners lately, I think we all had to had listened and didn't have to say. But obviously, the Carter's project dropped. Um, we didn't talk about it because everybody's already listened. I feel. What's like. your favorite track on it? Um, for for the niggerish of reasons, Black Effect. <laughs> well, for the own for I the like audible that reasons, favorite. that's my. That's favorite. all I saw people tweeting. I, I really, I really. This is gonna sound like generic and me, but I really like all of them for very different reasons. Like. Heard about us really like sent me with like that whole like don't need to ask you heard about us don't need like that whole like it all it all feels like the summer and drop top and like we we talk about luxury rap and luxury hip hop on that track in particular I, I didn't rap. I didn't need no features but because I'm talking about luxury hip hop on that particular track I would not have minded and I don't even believe I'm saying this push a T well no we'll come back <laughs> a verse from Rick Ross. 
Okay. Oh, I can totally hear that. Like yeah. you, well, because Rick Ross always delivers anyway, right? So it's like <laughs> to hear that on him on that, I was like, damn, I need to go, you know, whip the door up on the lamb right quick and play Rick Ross part on this song. But like the the production is just so hot. Okay, you want to play that game? Let's play. Let's you play. know who could? You know, you know who could have featured on Nice. Now y'all know the song "Nice" on the album, right? Yeah. Because I'm nice, doom, yes. doom, doom, Cardi. Put Cardi yes. on nice. Okay. Oh, I like Cardi. I like that. That, that would have been that. great. I like that. Black I like Effect is like my favorite that. song on the album. Yes. Though. I would have put Lauren Hill on "Summer." Oh yes. That- because if you listen to Beyonce, her cadence feels very Lauren Hillish, and it would have been dope for of the verse to come, and all of a sudden it's fucking Lauren Hill. You'd be like, what? Okay, I show up to verse two, <laughs> but she'll be on the song. <laughs> but I think summer, obviously ape shit, and yes. is it love happy? I think love it's happy. love happy. Those yep. are my three favorites. Can the record also reflect that the album came out on Saturday, right? And then we changed our intro song yes. for the LA show. Yes. We walked out to ape shit at so our LA perfect. show the day of, which you know I like to be. Fresh. On the curve, but yeah, and like, the fact that it's talking about an audience oh going my God, ape shit, yeah. I mean, it was a gift. It wasn't even a question. Like, a gift clearly, that's what we about to do. And I love that the album is under the Carters because I was yes. like, how, I couldn't find it. I put Beyonce, I put Jay Z. I was mm-hmm. like, where the fuck is this album? And then no, you have to put the Carters. Okay, so cute. Now, no, I'm about to lose you, but and it, this is only because you know it was like Pharrell produced and driven. Mm-hmm. But on that song, what's the song? I can do anything. Boss. Boss. Mm-hmm. Lil Uzi Vert. I'm with you. <laughs> Just production-wise, I feel like that's the type of beat Uzi would like get on and yeah. do it with. So like, right? <laughs> He's so cute. Just love Lil Uzi Vert. There's a couple of them he could have been on. He could have been that one. He could have been on Friends even. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Beyonce was really in her hip hop bag, Never and I really enjoyed in my it. Whole life. I really I also love that, that she's working with like Ray Strummer, Migos. I think yes. that's so cool. I love that how but, she's integrating the younger artists, but still keeping true to her sound. She's but then always also been also playing with their sound. I'm like, that is how you stay fresh. But that's yeah. literally like Beyonce. If you pay close attention, which everyone has, she's always been into that rap shit. She's always been a hood rat on the tour. There's always been like those like it's almost like she gives like that nod off to the hood when she plays certain songs. Like the mm-hmm. last, the most recent one was the Everybody Mad. Mm-hmm. But like before that, you remember like randomly this bitch in the middle of her tour set is doing the fucking crank that. Like you in heels going Yule across the damn stage. <laughs> Even Travis Porter, like like Beyonce doing the bring it back dance. It's like, what? She just so, did pay the match to Mary too in concert. Did you see her doing the Mary J. Blige dance on stage? I did actually. Mm-hmm. So you know I, that, that, I felt that. So, so. It's, <laughs> it's only right for her to get in the booth and you know play with these rapper sounds. And she's good. Great. <laughs> I think she sounded better true. than Jay Z on Ape Shit. On the lowest Ooh. of keys. Ooh. So well, yes. I think Christina Aguilera looked like Hillary Clinton on her album cover on the highest of keys. Oh. <laughs> I'm with her. <laughs> oh, no. I haven't even seen it. That's where to heal. She looked like um, Hillary Clinton on her album cover. Outside of the Carters, uh, have we talked about Amber Mark on here before? I feel like we have. Um, she dropped a project last year and it was uh, called Lose My Cool, but mm-hmm. she did another project earlier this year. I can't pronounce it. It's Conejo. It's C-O-N-E-X with the A with the accent over and the O. Conejo? Yeah, Conejo. Mm-hmm. So um, the last project was called 3.15, 3.33 a.m. You remember that? 
Yeah. So she, I love her. So Amber Mark, she on this project there was only four tracks, and uh, "Love Is Stronger Than Pride." She did a cover of it on here. Oh. And it sounds bomb. I love her tone. But I love the song on here called "Love Me Right." I love that said it all. Sing. She's beautiful. You said it's Amber oh. Portwood? Amber Mark. Oh, Amber I thought Mark. it was a girl from Teen Mom. It's going to be like, damn, she can sing. I know that bitch can sing. <laughs> Go ahead, Amber Portwood. So, check out Amber Mark's Conejo EP. It's only four tracks. That was Love She's- Me Right. So, and she's grown because I remember when I first found her on Spotify, I think she had maybe like 10,000 listens or something. Mm. And then now she's out of here. So happy for her. She deserves it. Also, I've been talking about my love for Megan Thee Stallion. Um, She dropped a project called Tina Snow. Uh, It's the shit. She has 10 tracks on it. The lead single from that was called Cocky as Fuck. She's dropped some visuals and she only has one feature on the album and it's from Moneybag Yo. So as a new girl, (laughs) and for it to be a young woman that's new in the game and to actually drop a really, really dope project, I feel like a lot of the time people will listen to something and it's kind of like done, kind of subpar, and they'll be like, oh, well, they're new. She actually has really, really tight production and her lyrics and the way she does her ad-libs for a female artist is dope. Because I think a lot of people, they're trying to compare somebody to somebody, but she doesn't really compare. She's like a woman with her own voice and I really think it's dope. So that's why I'm really... Really pushing for Megan The Stallion. She's from Houston. And also, really big shout out to my homeboy, Piff Marty. He dropped his project. It's called Lucid. Um, I've talked about him before. He has a song called Do You Know featuring Khadijah Jackson that I've talked about a couple different times. But um, it's only 12 tracks. He has the bonus track for uh, a song he released called Four Years. And uh, the project is called Lucid. I think you should really go check this dude out. He sounds... He has a cool name. Yeah, he's from Harlem. But he's, hey. he sounds like Ludacris. He probably like, I'm not from Harlem. But um, he's from Harlem. He sounds like Ludacris. And it's like really dope to me because uh, he just raps really dope. He got like an old school vibe to him. Yes. Check out the new rappers in the new school. You know what that sample is? Mm-mm. It's so simple. <laughs> I like that. I like him. So Piff Marty, he's, honestly, I've talked about him a few different times. I've seen him perform live, and for somebody up and coming, he really has some, like, dope shit to say. He has dope perspective, and he can command an audience, which I really respect. Sometimes you meet people, and they're, like, missing a piece of something. I feel like he has all the elements. You know, he's just, he's going to hit that lick whenever he hits it. So What's his name? Piff Marty. P-I-F-F Marty with an I-M-A-R-T-I. Is he some kin to to that Piff? (laughs) <laughs> no, he is not. The Shout website? out to that Piff, the mixtapes. The mixtape. Yeah, oh, motherfucking. So I didn't know if they was related. I want to know if he was some kin to is that, that Piff. Is that Piff still a It thing? is. I still have that janky ass app, and I still listen to the mixtapes on there. And they used to, man, listen. com. I still listen to Travis Scott's <laughs> Days Before Rodeo on that app. I still listen to Dirty Money's Love Love versus Hate Love mixtape on that app. I still, like, there are so many things. That Piff is still relevant. Okay. Don't let it go under. (laughs) Don't let it go under. 
But yes, Piff Marty, I have to shout him out. That's my bro. And um, yeah. I, and shout out to everybody on the West Coast. When I was out in LA, I asked for music suggestions. Um, there's a group called Overdose with a Z D O Z, but um, they dropped a project last year called 2008. Is 16 tracks, but they're from the West Coast. On the feature list, they have Miguel featured on the project. They have ASAP Ferg featured on here. Um, yeah, some really dope kids. I don't really know which song I should play from them, so I'll just click this one because it's called House Party. Right, it was so West Coast, that's why I loved it. So yes, it's feeling like... I got my Cortez on. Mm-hmm. You ready. All you need to do is start crip walking. <laughs> so yes, because I was on the West Coast, I asked for tons of suggestions, and 2008's project, or the Project 2008 was one of the ones that came up. Dope Kids, uh, it's a rap group, so every track sounds different from that one, but West Coast vibes all day, all night. So that's it over here on the listens lately. And I think that wraps it for the Music Man segment. Does anybody else have anything they want to add? No. All right, great. Well, now we're going to move on over to TV Land. Dustin Ross, please take it away. Pose FX. Yes. Yay, I was Let's waiting. Let's do this. So everybody knows there's a great, great, great new series on FX Networks called Pose. And it is so good. That's right. And it is about the gay ballroom scene and ballroom culture in the late 90s, early 90s, late 80s. You know, it's period piece. And I don't mean once a month. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, Pose focuses on, like I said, gay ballroom culture and the ballroom scene now. We all know that this is something that has been manipulated, that has literally been abused, that has been misused and misrepresented for years. And finally, Ryan Murphy, FX Networks, um, and the people that he consulted with to ensure that there was authenticity in the tone, in the context. Shout out to Janet Mock. Shout out to Janet Mock. Shout out to Twiggy Garcon. Shout out to all these people who Ryan Murphy and FX Networks consulted with to ensure that this series was done the right way. There's something to be said, um, in my opinion, for them even taking those types of measures to say, let's actually go directly to the ballroom scene, the actual ballroom scene, pool legends that have been doing this for multiple, multiple years, and have them make sure that we're telling this story the right way. It's so sensitive. Right. It's something that relates to so many people. These are the stories of young people who were torn from their families or, or actually kicked out of their families um, as underage teenagers who, once it was found out that they were gay or whatever their orientation was. Their parents kicked them out. They literally were sleeping on park benches. And it tells the story of other gay people who understood that struggle and took them in out of the kindness of their heart, created these family structures, really relied on each other for emotional health, mental health, mental support, financial support, all of those things. They literally created real families. It tells, I mean, the honest truth about a lot of the experience for um, transgender women in the ballroom scene uh, for people with their struggles who would like to have a sex change and couldn't at the time. I mean, they really, really go there on some really sensitive topics and they handle them with care, but it's not something where it's unrealistic. They go there and they tell the gritty raw truth. It is 
amazing. You like it? I like oh my it god. So much. The storylines are so rich. Electra, who is like kind of like the villain of the show. The Naomi Campbell. You love to hate her. <laughs> no. You love to hate her. Every word is every uh line that she utters is some, you know, prophetic, you know, statement which is full of wisdom because she's all knowing when really she's having her own struggles, which yeah. become revealed as the episodes go on. Right now we're uh waiting on episode four. Episode three just aired on Sunday. Shout out to Deline Burnside, who I had the actually pose became interesting to me when I did the Moby Fest panel because Twiggy Garcon and Deline Burnside were both on that panel with me. And the insight that they offered into the creation of Pose, the depths that they went to make sure that their characters were represented well, the stories were told right, they were authentic to the experience. Yeah. Okay, for so many people who this is deeply personal, these are the family units that they have created to survive. Yeah. Okay, so this isn't something that you can play with or tell as a novelty or as a, oh, let's tell the gay story. No, this is a real take on the experience. And so it's just really refreshing to see when these characters are not sensationalized or even trivialized or, you know, super stereotypical. It's just a very accurate representation. Once again, shout out to Delon Burnside, who's playing Ricky on this show. Um, he's acting his ass off as one of the uh, guys who ends up joining um, the House of Abundance <laughs> with uh, the mother. No, it's just, Evangelista. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because <laughs> that will fuck it up. Evangelista. <laughs> right. Abundance was Electra's house, mm -hmm. the original house. Um, he joined Evangelista, but they, these actors are just, they're really knocking it out the park. I don't want to give away too much of the story because I feel like you've watched. And you yeah, know, if I offer I'm up any details, up. like it's going to be, it's really going to tell like some of the plot. Yeah, but I think people need to watch it and then maybe pause because, yeah. you know, we have to be able to talk about it. We do. Because there are aspects of it that I love. Like even with your friend Ricky, mm -hmm. my favorite part is that him and Damon have like a genuine love story. Genuine? You know, like there was no like cheating and, and the things that you were expecting. Because in the beginning, you got to feel like, oh, he's a fuck boy. He's a bad he's boy. He's, yeah. I love they went to the ballet. I you love. You know, took his time when he wasn't ready. He wasn't like pressuring him and mm -mm. in the conversation with Damon and Blanco when he was asking for advice because he was a virgin mm -hmm. and his dad couldn't give him the, what do they call it, the birds the and the birds bees, and the bees combo talk. as mm -hmm. it pertained to another man. Like, that's something I never thought of. Yeah. You know, so it, it opened my eyes to a lot of my, like, blind spots. Of just how on your own the gay experience can yeah, be. Yeah, because I yeah. never thought of that. A, a father is not going to be able to give his son advice on how to be safe and protected and even like how to have sex with another man like he can't give you those tips and so that was really a powerful scene i lost my phone last weekend right mm -hmm. and i still had business to take care of so i was coordinating with people who i had to meet up with through dms on you know twitter mainly twitter um and sometimes instagram but watching these characters on polls make these arrangements to meet up later without the convenience of like cell phones right. and the internet and all those things. And they're like, well, meet me next Tuesday in front of the ballet at six o'clock. And you don't even know if you're going to see this person again until it's time <laughs> to go to the event. It makes the anticipation for seeing them so much larger and so much so much greater. Mm -hmm. And then when they finally do, like the way they embraced at the ballet and then ran to their seats and so, so young and you know fresh. And just, so that, oh my I God. I love that scene. Blanca. 
fighting for rights at the gay bar that patronize that normally cater to a white gay male clientele. You know, and she's a trans woman. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, going into that space where they did not want her, went so far as to physically throw her outside on the ground and she knew that it was important to get the work done to say, I have a right to be here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna offer myself as a demonstration for that. All of that is just so powerful. And just like you said so poignantly, it opened your eyes to some blind spots that you didn't even know you had. Right. So many nuances of this experience as a gay person that we've never seen before on TV, never seen before on film, because they've done such a good job creating this show and making sure that they consult with people who have lived this, we're now being exposed to these things on television. And it's fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, they also are making a great stride in the portrayal of what it means to be HIV positive, what that experience is like as well. They talk about different fears that a person would have had at the time when certain te- medical technology wasn't available that's available now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that was triggering for me because I, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a house where someone was passing mm-hmm. from HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was rough because it was during that time mm-hmm. where they didn't have... When it was a hopeless yeah, diagnosis. Yeah, like we didn't have resources, we didn't have information, so you were fearful of everything, like mm-hmm. eating in this from the same bowl or drinking from the same cup or even... Um, this was my aunt, and mm-hmm, she, mm-hmm. I used to sleep with her in the bed, and then it was a thing of, like, should you maybe not sleep with her in the bed? Like, you know, just mm-hmm. things you just didn't know. And you so seeing know. that come to life in this show and like their fears around it not wanting to tell people because mm-hmm. my aunt didn't tell us you know mm-hmm. i'm just like oh it's important to see it from different perspectives from different perspectives and to actually hear so often when that experience is portrayed on tv or film it's often from the family members perspective right. who are dealing with the yeah, relative exactly. that has the experience and that's why this is valuable and and it's if they are telling it firsthand from the patient it's always at a later stage in the diagnosis when things aren't looking so good perhaps or whatever in this case on polls, you're getting Blanca's experience who is hiding the fact that she's HIV positive because she doesn't want her children who to she has created hopeless. to feel hopeless or not make the efforts and strides to, you know, achieve greatness and actually, um, you know, accomplish things because they feel hopeless that one day she won't be there. So she's That's keeping so that and managing that. Thankfully, she has uh, Billy Porter's character to talk to about this. Um, who is the commentator in the ballroom scene and <laughs> I hilarious. I love it. Have you watched this on I watched the first episode, yeah. What'd you think? I think it's amazing. I think especially as a gay black man coming from the South and even watching that scene where they were tackling um, HIV and sitting in the waiting room. Oh, like, man. I actually, it resonated with me when she, when, uh, what's the main character, Blanca? Mm-hmm. When she was actually having the conversation with the nurse and having to tell her, like, you know, thank you. <laughs> Because I can only imagine, like for me, when I go to the doctor, like I try to have a good ass time, even though I'm probably, I might get some bad news. Just because those people that are there, they have to give that bad news out all day. So to imagine, imagine. you know, holding on to some shit and having to like, you know, give that baggage to someone that you about to leave any damn way and they've been getting this baggage all day. Like she said, no, I'm going to take this baggage with me. And not only am I going to hide that shit, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to hide everybody else's baggage or, you know, take it away too. It's kind of like resonates with me watching people in Atlanta like try to make something of themselves and get kicked out of the house and say, I'm not this, I'm more than this, and I can rise above this and I can move past this. 
What I go ahead. I'm sorry, no, friend. Go ahead, go no, ahead. go ahead because you got shit. Damn it, you didn't watch it too. <laughs> well, no, I was gonna ask, but did you find and did either of you find any parts triggering? What any parts triggering? I mean, like, I busted out crying a bunch of times. Yeah, but not nothing that. I want to talk about on the show. Right, right. But what I can tell you is that I love the fact that Blanca's experience as a house mother right i've never been into like the house scene or whatever the ballroom scene has never really been like my thing you yeah. know what i mean but i recognize what it represents and what it is and why it is so i get it and i respect the hell out of it right what i love the most is that blanca's character had zero motivation to help any of these people beyond simply the motivation to help them their blanca almost proved her love for her children through the way that she interacted with them. They had no reason to have faith in her or to trust her other than the fact that she told them what it was and her actions backed that up. And it speaks so much. There's something about loyalty, about integrity, and about trust amongst like the gay community when it comes to like your friends and, and certainly within the ballroom structure when it comes to the family structure that is... I don't know, just super sincere because there's really no reason for you to pour all that into these people beyond the fact that you genuinely do love them and want what's best for them. And I love the fact that they're showing that on this show. I think that it's going to shed so much light um, and offer so much insight to so many people. There are people who hate the fact that their children are gay that are going to watch this show because mm -hmm. they can watch it in the privacy of their own homes you know, without anybody even knowing nor judging them. And it's going to provoke certain thoughts in their heads that may or may not influence the way that they handle people in their lives. So right. the work that they're doing with this show is what makes it so important and what makes it so worthwhile to watch. On top of it being very well written by Janet Mock and the other writers on the show. Um, well shot. Well shot. The I mean, you actors. know the Ryan Murphy productions, that whole... Follow the camera, follow the actor from behind shot yeah. that we love from his other projects. It's here. Um, the cinematography, the clothing, and the fucking music. The music, the soundtrack that they're playing, um, all of these 80s tunes, you know, these disco mm -hmm. tunes and Can't 80s R&B tunes. Yeah, all of that stuff. All that stuff that and they're Billy playing. Billy Porter. Yes. He's so awesome. Yes. Billy the Porter. The category is. He looked like Shariah. You know Shariah and Jack. Oh, my like, God. But they do. But, yeah, you know, it's just a great show. It's a great story to be told. And beyond all the, you know, legitimate reasons that I just gave to watch the show, it's just a good show to watch. Like, the story I'm, is I'm good. I'm, like, excited about it. Like, yeah. I can't think of a show where I'm, like, looking at what day it is to see, like, if we're getting closer to the next episode. I don't, can't remember the last time the show made me feel that way. So good. Can I say this? Mm -hmm. And uh, this was just my interpretation. It might not have been, like, what was actually happening in the episode. But in that first episode, and if you ain't seen it, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling all this shit for you. But uh, when the young man forgot his application and he didn't want to turn it in, so she took his ass down and he ended up auditioning, mm -hmm. it almost felt like he was finding himself in the middle of auditioning because, you know, he didn't have anything prepared. So as he's, like, freestyling this and, like, listening to the words and, like, pointing at himself, like, it felt like he was finding himself and it made me so emotional Aww. because it was like he was realizing, it felt like he was realizing in the middle of this piece that he was good enough, but then it almost like he was never told that. So he has to tell himself that. And then at the end when she hugged him and they was crying, that shit took me down, friend. Really? It took me out. Yes. Because you saw, you watched him step into his power. Yes. I, like, for me, 
luckily my mom has always supported me. But I've had so many friends. When I was in high school and I got a car, I was always that friend that I was like driving around for people, doing everything for people because I've always cared about people. I've always seen people hurt. And I repeat to LaShawn, <laughs> LaShawn Douglas, who was one of my friends in school, he like was life and his family was maybe so, so accepting. So like he had to hide certain things. Like oh, he was on the cheerleading team for so long and they didn't even know. Like one of the homecoming games, I think they showed up and... They realized he ain't playing. He he a cheerleader like some shit. How like they hide that. the pom poms? Like psh, hide them. <laughs> Look, he, he he hit the, he hit them sky high. Okay, he hit them right in the air. So to watch that. How do you hide the So to watch that boy get kicked out the house and his mom to like blame him. Man, was so hurtful to me. That scene, I was wondering like how many people are so triggered. Right I have now? picked up so many friends. Like I I can remember so many people that have like either came out or their family found some shit or something there was like you know can you come get me so like that shit took me out like i remember sitting in that i remember sitting that that blue hyundai launcher many times with many people like trying to figure out how we was gonna get to the next step so thank god they had you because like when they kicked him out he didn't when they kicked him out he didn't have shit on his own sleeping on a park bitch literally figuring out your next move period so (coughs) shit Excuse me. That's how real it is, and that's what makes Pose such a great show to watch. So watch Pose really quickly. I told y'all Love and Hip Hop Atlanta has been so good this season, and it's still so good this season. Shout out to Tokyo Vanity for being the only person with sense on the cast, the only serious person on the cast. Shout out to Spice for really letting me down, you know. Shout out Spice, to Sierra. Spice, the mm-hmm. reggae artist? Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. You heard yep. me right. Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Love and Hip Hop? Atlanta. Whole season. She's How did that happen? They went and visited Spice last Carrie season Hilton. in Jamaica. Let me down. And then this season, she's on the show. That is so odd. She was Carly Red's friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know... Sierra, that owns the glam shop, has become one of my favorite characters. Sierra definitely did fast track to fame. She's just authentic. You know what I mean? She's literally herself. And you could get it anytime, any day. You're going to give me love and hip hop, okay? I don't care what city it is. Give me pure, unadulterated love and hip hop, which means I want people who are not attempting to be polished for the camera, but instead are giving you raw, authentic you know, details and firsthand accounts of their feelings and stories, which means I want people who talk with a rhythm and a bounce instead of people who talk straight to the camera, which means I want fist fights, (laughs) which means I want infidelity, (laughs) which means I want click fights. We've got all of that this season. Love and Hip Hop Atlanta went back to the season one fundamentals, and I've just been having such a good time watching it. I really have. Mimi is literally there. That's it. Mimi has no purpose on the show this season. In fact, they've been letting her film scenes, just eating burritos like, and looking side by side, watching it go down. What? You're literally just watching. It's like literally Mimi and her man. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, there go Mimi and her man. It's not like, what is Mimi doing? Like, you have nothing to say about Mimi. You see her in the scene, she's like reciting something that happened. They're like, what happened? Like, she's mad because. And like, that's it. It's not like <laughs> Mimi's doing nothing crazy. She's not doing anything that makes me hate her. It's great. But I do miss Jocelyn Hernandez. I miss Jocelyn Hernandez. And I know that this is your segment and you might not be going here, mm-hmm. but I hate Estelita. Me too. I was trying to be never, positive, but you, I, I'm ready if you're ready. Estelita, <laughs> you will never be the Puerto Rican princess. Estelita? I, Estelita. Who's that? Nobody. Bingo. First of all, 
Esther Lee didn't even have a strong role. She didn't even have a strong role or a strong presence on the show last season when we were introduced to her. So the fact that they've like put her in the driver's seat this season is like bananas to me. Why is she being featured so much? There's literally no substance to her existence. There's nothing that she brings to the show other than confusion and disappointment. Erica Mann and her friend don't even sit next to her on the show no more. Did you no. notice that on the last episode? Like, why is Erica she doesn't. over there? And even though Erica Mena, you haven't brought anything to she the season either. either. They brought her in she as if her return was going to be this saving grace, and nope. you know she was going to do the old Erica Mena. And she she's did not, not. She did not earn her. I'm check. tired of you. I'm tired of y'all bringing your asses back to these shows and not performing. Well, they want to show they've matured. Then wrong, go to another platform. show. They've matured. Wrong Mature platform. beyond love and hip hop. Because when you come back, it doesn't do anything but piss us off because we're watching you be boring. You got to have a, a strong comeback game. Who was the, you know what? Evelyn Lozada had a strong, and I said had because it's a little murky right now. I don't really know where we at. It's, <laughs> I might get ahead of myself. Evelyn Lozada had a strong comeback game. She had like a TV show like over there on OWN or whatever where she got to be all like cute and polite and positive. Now she back on VH1 where she cursing at bitches and telling them she ain't fucking with them. And she's like, I'm not a fan. Like Evelyn yeah. is back on target. I'm she with it. She didn't say, I'm reformed Evelyn. I can't do this anymore. She left all that shit behind. She said, you know what, bitch? I'm back on TV. I'm about to be my motherfucking And thank you again, for bitch. that because that's what we wanted to <laughs> see do you that. do. So do Don't pretend. We don't need that. Pretend off the camera. Do that. And don't do nothing if you're going to pretend. Like, I just don't want... We liked you. You're who you are because you're who you were when you first presented yourself to us, and we like that. So this new version of you shit, I'm not interested. It's not like you're a singer who has this lengthy catalog and you decide to start making different types of music and reinvention makes sense. You're on reality television, which means you're here to act a fool. Let's be clear. Now, you know who did. You're not on a reality show about cooking. You're not on a reality show right. about fashion design. You're not on none of that. You're on Love and Hip Hop, where the premise and the basis for any of you being there is to argue and fight with each other about <laughs> whatever the choice is and entertain us while doing so. Which means witty insults, okay? Quick comebacks, okay? You just met Mona. I did just meet Mona. <laughs> I was invited to her book launch. You know, I was invited too. Were you really? <laughs> well, I went. I was like, I didn't listen because I because exactly what I knew was gonna happen. And I was happened. gonna send. Uh, you know how I be emailing y'all when people invite me to stuff mm-hmm. like that. I was gonna send it to y'all. I don't know what made me forget, but I was really. I do. <laughs> and then you was like, now look at this nigga up here at the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I met Mona. She was very nice to me. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure she's aware of how much traction you sent, or traffic, rather, you sent to the show. She was nice. You guys tell Mona I said hi. Uh, but yeah, so that's TV. Tell Mona we need to so. You know who did come back that I don't hate no more, and I think you said this in the past? Come back to what? Uh, Just in our line of sight. I'll mm-hmm. just leave it at that. Line Ooh. of sight. Jessica Dine. Oh, she she like did like a, a whole complete reform, and and it didn't take her like leaving for being someone we like liked and come back. She kind of was someone we hated and stayed on, I and like just kind of like over time her. gradually was like, okay, we can fuck with this now. But what made her transition interesting and appealing to us was that it wasn't boring and it wasn't her being withdrawn for the sake of not being a part of the mess. She was still right. very much present on the show, very much still the same personality. Very clear about trying to make different choices, even in the midst of heated arguments. Very much you saw she walked it like she talked it. You saw her making certain changes. You watched 
the progression. It wasn't just a declaration and then you being withdrawn on camera. It was like, no, I'm really trying to change y'all. This is my man. I'm in love. Like, and you just you just saw that happen. So that's why it was more palatable for us to watch Jessica Don change because she really didn't change right. who she was. She just started making different she choices. She started maturing. And it was great, and I love her now. And I used to, I thought there was no point to her. And she really stole my heart. And then, how'd she do it? By cracking funny jokes when she would be cussing their asses out and still trying. You know what I'm saying? That's the way to my heart. (laughs) So that's it for TV Land this week. We'll talk about The Real Housewives of Potomac next week. I had an emotional moment during um, Housewives, or uh, Basketball, uh, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Which was what? When Tommy had to face the reality that she still did not really face that she is an alcoholic. Like what? so there's so do you know Tommy? Yeah. Tommy was we're actually be fighting everybody. Well, it got so bad they to where cute. they told they her she could cute. not go on the trip to Texas with everybody else. She was not allowed to film. So while everybody got to go to Texas, she was asked in for a meeting and she had to sit down with a, a counselor and he had to tell that ass like, you know, your behavior is a little out of control. Like he you know, was asking her how she feel, was you know, feeling her out, see how she felt. And she was going through talking about like her history with her mother and how she has a big family and nobody's really on her side. And mm. it really was like, you know, mm. making my heart hurt for her. I've always loved Tommy. I've always thought of her as a, you know, a beautiful, troubled young woman. And so to hear her actually talk about it as oh, opposed really? to see her lash out, right. which is very, very emotional for me. And I just really appreciated that because, I mean, even her still in denial saying, you know, I'm not an alcoholic was hard. But at the very least, she got to like get off, you know, what she needed to kind of see where alcoholism meets in her family and maybe make that connection. If not, then, you know, later. I walked away from that scene with a completely different takeaway. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like Tommy was bullshitting. I felt like when she brought her mother up, it wasn't cohesive. It was like she was throwing darts trying to hit a target. Like, maybe if I say this is why I drink, it'll connect. Or maybe if I say this is why. Because the things that she was saying about her relationship with her mom were so general and so, like, Basically, just I, my mom, man, and my mom, and I just, you don't understand. I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna prove you wrong. She was like cracking jokes in the middle of it all. It just wasn't, I didn't feel like it was sincere. And I love Tommy. I fuck with Tommy, but I mean, you know, you can't, I, it was just bullshit to me. Tommy like <laughs> never admitted that she was like, it, she just wasn't a connection at all. And when she was offering up those, those reasons, it was like, a whole bunch of them. None of them were related, and it was just it to me like it felt like like I said she was just throwing darts trying to get something to land because it was total and complete bullshit. It was so bad that the counselor man he was like, "Can I level with you?" At a certain point, like he just he he was like, "Can I level with you?" You got a drinking problem. I think you have a drinking problem. You do. And so basically, for you to move forward on the show, there can be no drinking. The reason they had the meeting was because Tommy had the fight incident that was filmed on the show. Then after the camera stopped, she came back to set after they sent her away because she was too drunk. She came back to set with people threatening violence against producers, naming their family, saying she was going to their house, all that shit. Yeah, it got like real. And so I just didn't, I didn't, I walked away with something else. But that's the beauty of reality TV because, you know. Yeah, it's whatever people yeah, take away. Exactly. So that's it for TV land. Now let's move on to the next segment, asking for a friend. Great. Don't forget to email us <laughs> at the friendzone at loudspeakersnetwork.com. 
The subject for this email is a foolish nigga falling for a hoe. Whoa. Okay. Hey, guys. Can you give me a fake name? <laughs> I decided to ask that because I wanted you to be in charge of giving this gentleman a fake name as opposed to just giving him one. Let's call him Spliffstar. All right. Well, Spliffstar here. I am a 29-year-old bisexual male. Oh, that's a spliff. Um, <laughs> born and raised and living in ATL. I've been dating a great guy, and he's handsome, smart, funny, goal-driven, understanding, amazing cook, dark-skinned, and the sex is amazing. Hello. He's close to perfect for me because everyone's version of perfect is different. But there's only one problem. He wants to go back to being in an open relationship. Here is a quick backstory. I'd broken up with my ex and my first gay relationship, so I wanted to start dating again. I couldn't find someone interesting enough for me, and I was really getting horny and frustrated, so I decided to take a page out of Queen Issa's book and have my own hoe phase. <laughs> I met Bayon Jacked, and he was the first guy I saw and was supposed to be a one-off, a one-time hookup, but since we were both into fitness, we decided to work out, go back to my place, shower, and do the do. <laughs> After the shower, I ended up cuddling and falling asleep with him while we watched My Hero Academia. Sorry, that's an anime that just really spoke to me. Aww. So after a few weeks of dating we enter a relationship however we both weren't ready to commit just yet so by his suggestion we started an open relationship everything seemed great at first then i actually slept with someone else i felt so bad and guilty that i told him the next night that's when i learned the whole life isn't for everyone <laughs> he was fine with it and i told him that i want us to be exclusive and he agreed now, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, a few weeks later, I called him and told him I'm horny, and he says, since I can't get to you, go find someone to catch a nut. Whoa. I was hurt and asked why he said that. He said he doesn't really believe in monogamy. He's just doing it because of me, and that sex is just a pleasure and has no real meaning. That's why he likes an open relationship. That makes me think that he's sleeping with someone else or will do so in the future. I don't want to be the stereotype and go on his phone, which he already gave me the code for, but I don't trust him anymore. Should I break it off with this guy that's amazing in every way except this one thing? Maybe I should go back to our open relationship and just say, fuck it. I don't want to get my heart broken. I never have and don't plan on it, but I'm falling heavy for this guy. He even just get, sorry. He even just gave me an extra key to his place. Hope you can help a foolish nigga falling for a hoe. Thanks. Spliff star. <laughs> So, what should Spliff Star do? This is one of those things where the person has told you clearly from day one, I'm... and then you want to hear what you want to hear, and then you want to tell. Is it? <laughs> and we've, all, I mean, I've done it, so I get it. Sorry. And then you're like, you, you almost in a weird way manipulate them into being what you need them to be and so they kind of go along with it which obviously let's be accountable here they shouldn't have done in the first place so you're both in the wrong because he's like trying to be he's trying to appease to you by just lying to you because you clearly didn't listen to what he said he wanted in the first place and then now you're sad about it <laughs> so i think um, unless it's something you think you could become open-minded about because you like him that much, which also happens sometimes, I think you guys are speaking two different languages, and you're and you're gonna get hurt. 
That's just my opinion. So I think you should let it go. Let it go. So he can find someone who can hang with his lifestyle, and you can find someone who can hang with yours, and you both will be happy. I agree with Fran. I just think that the writing is literally already on the wall. Like, you saw yes. what would happen He was if, clear, though. Like, you slept with somebody else. He didn't care. That hurt your feelings. You know what I'm saying? You told him. that you, you know, I mean, it just... Two different schools of thought. Yeah, it's like right there. Like, you know it doesn't work for you because it isn't working for you. And that's what the problem is, the whole open dynamic. That's what the problem is for you. So considering it isn't really the most sensible thing when you already know what it is. So unfortunately, you got to cut your losses. Yeah. It's that time. And you'll be fine. It always hurts at first. Get out now. <laughs> and later you're like, woo! Dodge that bullet. <laughs> I mean, uh, get out now. Just go. Don't waste any more time. Uh, don't even go through his phone. Don't even do it. And why did you watch it? Sorry, I'm not even on the mic. Why are you going to go through his phone anyway? And look to, at what he's already him, telling exactly, you is happening. To tell, to, he wants to go through his phone so he can see things to give himself a reason to leave, but you literally already have the reason to leave. You don't need to see... You don't need to put yourself through that and traumatize yourself. Literally, because, because you'll have those texts in your brain for the next two, three years. Him telling you to go see what someone else, it was not a bluff. <laughs> it was him literally saying, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and a that's how he feels, and that's you literally can't make him connect to feel a different way because if that were the case he could make you connect to feel a different way so you wouldn't care like you just this is not for you and you know that you've literally said that you know this is not the life for you i can tell it's not it's and just don't put yourself through that yes he's a great guy and maybe y'all can be friends but the thing is at the end of the day you will always just be another person he's gonna fuck until he until he decides and that's if he decides because you can't convince or make somebody decide something that they might not ever get to right like, you, you're never going to make him want to be like, you know what, maybe this is the one nigga I could be with for the rest of my life and not think about fucking nobody else. He, like, literally flat out told you sex is meaningless to him. And so he might just have it in the back of the Waffle House while y'all sitting out there at the club. Oh and Because he don't mean shit to him. And that's not to say that, like, it needs to. Like, maybe it does, like, from your point of view. But for him, he's not seeing it like that. He's not going to see it like that unless something happens for him to change his view. And in the meantime, you're just going to be wasting your time. So don't do that shit. You're a great guy. You're a great guy. You think you met a great guy, but there's something wrong. That means something to you in your life. So look at that mirror and really fix what's going on. That don't mean there's nothing wrong with you. Yes, just, it do. No, I'm just fine. Well, well, look. Well, technically, yes, it do. Technically, yes, it do because you're with this nigga. Being stubborn. Well, look. I say technically, yes, it do because you know you're with this nigga, but that doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. That's why you with this you nigga. Had that, you it means did it. it means that you're with this nigga, and there's like something. You know, you forgot something in the communication, or there's something within yourself you need to like really work on. Being, you know, if you're giving people, if you're being accountable, holding other people accountable. There's another lesson here. Okay, it's part of your ninja training. It's us being forceful. That's all it comes down to. A person, what is it, what's that quote? I think Oprah said it when someone shows you who they are. Believe them. Believe them. I will them. never forget, friend. And he told you. He, it's not even anything you got to believe. He said, this he, is how I feel. He told, and then showed you. And then showed you. Hell, he, still, hell, he let you show him. <laughs> he even let you show him and said, cool. <laughs> so, like, if you go look through his phone, yes, he's he's probably sleeping with four or five other niggas. And I'm sorry to tell you that like that, but you're going to look through this nigga's phone and might see one and be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't do it to Don't yourself. do There's that. There's someone monogamous out there waiting for you. You got to yes. make room for him to come through. Yes. Stop blocking him with someone that doesn't yes. line up with what you want. 
pointless. If you meet somebody great and there's something that does not connect, you will never be able to change that. You might be able to work with them or work on that, but in this situation, he he literally told you, nah, this is what time it is. So all you can do is move forward with your own life. That's all I have to say. And that's it. Hopefully you find some help in one of those answers. Spliff star. With spliff, spliffy. Let us know what's good. So uh, that's it for this week's episode. Do you guys have any church announcements? Oh, no. Black Business of the Week. Black Business of the Week. Hey, hey. I'm Sante. Um, because I was in the West Coast forever and a day, um, I want to give a shout out to Lauren Punch, who has the, she has a company. It's called Weedology, and she does Weedology tours. And Lauren is from Texas, so she's really into hospitality. You know, that was a cute note for me. She is a black woman, and this is a black business. It's a black woman's uh, owned and operated business. And what it is, it's a weedology tour, and she does six different types of tours where she does weedology 101, where people can learn the basics, and the and they have unique experiences where they have cannabis and creations or do Mary Jane music. So any type of things where you get to do, like, uh, you get to do dispensary crawls, you get to go to special underground markets. And I had the pleasure of going with her on Thursday to a tour called The Secret Sesh, where we toured a few different dispensaries. One of them was even a dispensary lounge. And then we went to a market where we got to uh, meet up with a bunch of different growers. They were local growers. They did weed. They had wax. They had rosin oils. They had edibles. Yeah, it was everything under the sun. So luckily, because if you're on the West Coast, and you have not got into weed culture or you're into weed culture and you want to learn something new, you should hit up Lauren. It's Weedology Tours. It's W-E-E-D-O-L-O-G-Y. Um, it's at Weedology, or it's WeedologyTours.com, but it's at Weedology on all social media if you want to like look on the Instagram or the Twitter. But Lauren, she started this company because she'd often find herself having a mind-blowing experience and it was normally accompanied by a little lemon haze and lamb's breath or OG Kush. And uh, shout out to Lauren because when we did the weed crawl, I actually got to buy several different types of OG Kush. And one of them was from somebody that had like the best uh, strain that won the award for 2017. It, like some award show. But you know, all that shit is whoever can give you an award. But honestly, it was some good ass Kush, I will say. It, it definitely deserved to win an award. The man had on a purple uh, backwoods outfit. It was a backwoods top and bottom, and it spoke to me, so I went over to this man's table, saw the plaque where he had number one, bought the kush, and it was all legal because we were in California. So if you're out on the West Coast, you're in Los Angeles, and you're looking for something to do, hit up Lauren. The tours can range from anywhere from small groups from, like, you know, four to five people, or it can go to larger groups from 15 all the way up to maybe 100. I think Lauren can do all that. She can do a bunch of shit. She can do, you know, troves of vans. I've actually had some people that own dispensaries that have hit me up because they want to get in contact with Lauren. So if you want to help out with her business or if you want to learn more about her business, please go to weedologytours.com or look her up on all social media. That's weedology. That's at weedology. Excuse me. This so be- nigga, the Harriet Tubman of weed, she leading 100 people. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you. Come on, we going. We I'm t- going to the dispensary. <laughs> listen, Imagine a weedology party bus. Lim- yes. That so Listen, so she picks us up, right? There's like little weed gift bags. You know, there was weed in the car. We got to Aww. spark up. Then we went to the first dispensary. Um, one of the women at the dispensary, she's like big on Instagram for like being a weed person. We spun like the little wheel. We won prizes. What? You, I'm telling you, people were breaking down the strains. <laughs> then we went to another dispensary and people were just talking to us about all the different weed shit. They were taking you through edibles. Really it was cool as fuck. You know, you can learn the basics like indica, sativa, like hybrid. The, if I were a rapper, <laughs> weed version. If I, look, if I were a weed strain. <laughs> 
Maybe there needs to be a um if I were a rapper weedology collaboration. You, listen. Now let me tell right? you something, friend. That would be sick. Now not only so you know I mentioned that she's from Texas because, you know, it's it's kind of my south, you know. My so south. Hospitality is big to me, and when she came and she picked me up, and you, we had like a fun ass time. She made sure to educate me on like her background, like where she's from, like what she's doing, why she believes in it, and that spoke volumes to me. Sometimes people will pick you up for business, and they'll just like run you through some numbers or whatever the fuck. She said, "No, this is who I am. I have a good ass time. I like weed, and I know people like weed, so I want to take people around to the best weed." And not only is that something she wants to do, it's something that she does because when we got to the market, everybody at the weed market was given samples of dabs. So you got to sample, like, some of the weed that you were going to buy, or you got to smell a lot of the weed, and it was all fresh. You didn't have to wait for it from some nigga down the block, like I do in New York, that probably got the <laughs> shit mailed from the West Coast. Niggas probably had this weed probably, like, maybe a week or two Straight old. Straight from the farm. Hell fucking yes. That's dope. My life was forever changed. <laughs> farm to table. <laughs> Hell, look, I need my broccoli. Farm okay? to bowl. Farm to tray. <laughs> farm to bowl. Farm to Jay. <laughs> Farm to Jay. <laughs> so um, I just ha- I can't stop waving, uh, waving, raving about the Weedology tours, Lauren. It was an amazing time. Everybody, it's twenty one and up. You know, if you have questions with Thank God. a valid government ID, <laughs> and also if you are interested in the tour, like I said, you can hit her up on the weedologytours.com or at Weedology. She's also doing a booking. If you want to do a ten dollar cashback, you can use my name at Hey Asante, and you can get ten dollars back. Which is super dope. I just, I love weed, and I love that she's a black woman. That's, I love weed. <laughs> look, look, I love weed. First and foremost, weed is my love. So the fact that it's a black person that's supporting weed, <laughs> and a black person that supports me, it's only right that we intersect, and we meet, and we just do like a weed thing. So if I were a rapper, if I were a weed strain, that might be coming to somewhere near you on the West Damn Coast. <laughs> I love it. Super cute. It was amazing. So that's it for the Black Business of the Week. Don't forget to email us at the Friend Zone if you have suggestions for other Black Businesses of the Week, if you have comments and concerns about the week's episode, or you just want to talk shit to us, or you want to tell us all your business, even for the Asking for a Friend segment. The email is thefriendzone at loudspeakersnetwork.com. Don't forget that shit. And don't ask me what the email is, because that's the email. So what church announcements do you guys have before we get out of here? I am uh, going to be doing another If I Were a Rapper show. Really? Yes, but it will not be soon. It will be maybe in a month or two. I'm um, soon. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, what do you mean it ain't going to be soon. Wait, that's super soon. Okay, so maybe in a couple of months is what I meant to say. Oh, okay. I had some very positive meetings on the West Coast about mm-hmm. some things, but I still want to do it here in New York. I just really love building my name as something solid in the New York City infrastructure before I decide I like like to take idea. it everywhere else. And I think that there was, like, you know, we were talking about all this nostalgic stuff, even Pose, like, you know, shit being kind of in one place. I feel like there was, like, a time where people built their name, like, at one place, like, whether it be, like, one club or one bar or one something. So I'm kind of, like, trying to just build my name at this one spot. And so, like, years from now, if I have to do something, like, yeah, you know, 10 years ago, we did a, a two-year, three-year run at this one spot. Some shit like that. And it's a great venue. It's a great venue. So, so nice. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. But that's it for me here. Outside of that, I will be doing... I will be at Kid Fury's 305 Live Party this weekend. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's it. So, alive. Oh, yeah, it's, it's Pride Weekend. The whole the whole crew will be there. Yes. I mean, because really, where else the hell you would you be? You know? <laughs> that's really it. Um, yeah, so I will also be, of course, supporting Kid Fury at 
305 Live. Um, you can also catch me at Copacabana, New York City. At the Copa. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what's happening at the Copa? Um, on Sunday, uh, I'll be hosting. I was a ple- I had the pleasure of hosting uh, the Players Club yes. All White Affair at the Copacabana. Oh um, my God. Shout out to Joe Beverly. Morris. You know, that was my spot. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I clubbed at the Copa from the age of. Don't judge me. 14. Oh, please. Yes. Yes, I have the statute of limitations. 14, because, you know, I had a grown body, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 14 till about, I mean, obviously, like, when I went to college. So, 14 till about 18. And then, you know, you come back home for the summer. You and your girls go to the club. Yes. So, I'd say really the 22, 23. <laughs> well, you know, it feels good to be part of such... Nostalgic yeah, history for you. Yeah, that's so cr- I would probably cry um, if I go in there. You can get your little wild. Yeah, but and go. you know, that party is this Sunday. All White Affair. Um, It's called the Players Club. Shout out to Joe Morris and Rich Star NYC for booking me. Um, shout out to the other hosts, Eli Owen and um, Forever Mr. Antonio from Atlanta. So this is going to be a really good so you're look. you both. Yeah, I'll be at 305 Live, and then we're going to scurry on over to uh, Copacabana okay. and wake shit up real quick. Cute. I can't wait. I'm going to have the horns on my head this Sunday, so I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, yeah, that's it. Um, I did, which I'm so sorry that I forgot to shout it out, but it's just been so much going on in the past two weeks. I did an episode of Getting Grown. Yes. With Jade and Kia. You see my hat? Yes, yes, I love it. I have my Jade and Kia <laughs> merch. Um, it was so fun. It's called um, Mad Vigavis. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember that video? What's just up? <laughs> right? So um, it was paying homage to that. Uh, Even and though he was white. Which is crazy. That fucked me up. <laughs> I, mean, I need proof. <laughs> Look, ain't them videos gone? You ain't getting them. And don't you pass it to us, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you know she ready for it. Like, well, nobody said anything about it. Did somebody say proof? She gonna pull it out her braids. Stop it. But I did an episode with them where we talked about uh, how we process feedback um, career-wise, even just Mm -hmm. as humans, from the people around us, from people on the internet. It was really funny because Yano, Kia, and Jade are so funny. Yes. Like... All we did was laugh. The topic was great, so we, you know, got we got really in depth with the conversation. But of course, there were plenty jokes because I love them. So check that out. It's yes. on there, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast. Getting grown, Getting featuring grown. Jade and Kia, and the episode's called Mad Vigavis. Yes. Listen to that shit, y'all. Listen to it, leave comments, show love, send tons of traffic their way, and most importantly, subscribe to their podcast. That's yes. right. And that's it for us. As always, we love you so much. Thank you for listening. Stay we'll black. catch you next week. And protect your magic. <laughs>Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.